الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد إن شاء الله تعالى today we're going to start our annual winter intensive course which we named the key to knowledge Inshallah ta'ala today we're going to start with the kitab Ta'zimul Ilm written by Shaykh Saleh ibn Abdullah ibn Muhammad al-Usaymi Inshallah ta'ala Naam Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Alhamdulillahi ma'azzamahum wa'azzimun wa sara ilayhi raghibun muta'allim wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah wahdahu la sharika lahu shahadatan nabra'u biha man sharaka al-ishraq فتوجب لنا النجاة من نار الهلاك وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله أرسله ربه بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله ولو كره المشركون فبلغ رسالته وأداها وأسلم أمانته وأبداها انتصبت بدعوته أظهر الحجج واندفعت ببيناته الشبهات واللجج فورثنا المحجة البيضاء والسنة الغراء لا يتيه فيها ملتمس ولا يرد عنها مقتبس صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وصحبه عدد من تعلم وعلم أما بعد فلم يزل العلم, فلم يزل العلم إرثا جليلا تتعاقب عليه الأماثل جيلا جيلا ليس للطلاب المعالي هم سواه ولا رغبة لهم في مطلوب عداه وكيف لا وبه تنال سعادة الدارين وطيب العيشين هو شرف الوجود ونور الأغوار والنجود حلية الأكابي ونزهة النواظر من مال إليه نعم ومن جال به غنم ومن إنقاد له سلم لو كان سلعة تباع لبذلت فيه الأموال العظام أو صعد في السماء لسمت إليه النفوس الكرام هو المتاجر أربحها وفي المفاخر أشرفها وأكرم المآثر ماثره وأحمد الموارد موارده فالسعيد من حض نفسه عليه وحث ركاب روحه وحث ركاب روحه إليه والشقي من زهد فيه أو زهد وأبعد عنه أو بعد أنفه بأريج العلم مزكوم وختم القفا هذا عبد محروم وختم القفا وختم القفا هذا عبد محروم والعلم والعلم يدخل قلب كل موفق من غير بواب ولا استئذان ويرده المحروم من خذلانه لا تشكن اللهم بالحرمان وإن مما يملأ النفس سرورا ويشرح الصدر ويمده نورا إقبال الخلق على مقاعد التعليم وترمسهم صراطه المستقيم وأدل دليل, وأدل دليل وأصدقه تكاثر الدروس العلمية وتوالي الدورات التعليمية حلاوة في قلوب المؤمنين وشدا في حلوق الكفرة والمنافقين فالدروس معقودة والركب معكوفة والفوائد شارقة والنفوس تائقة الأشياخ الأشياخ ينثلون درر العلم والتلامذة ينظمون عقده وإن من الإحسان إلى هذا الجموع الصاعدة والأجيال الواعدة إرشادها إلى سر حيازة العلم التي يظفرها بأمولها ويبلغها مأمنها رحمة بهم من الضياع في صحراء الآراء وبلماء الأهواء وإعمالا لهذا الأصل جمل الحديث أيها المؤمنون عن تعظيم العلم فإن حظ العبد من العلم موقوف على حظ قلبه 
على حظ قلبه من تعظيمه وإجلاله فمن امتلأ قلبه بتعظيم العلم وإجلاله صلح أن يكون محلا له وبقدر نقصان هيبة العلم في القلب ينقص حظ العبد منه حتى يكون من القلوب قلب ليس فيه شيء من العلم فمن عظم العلم لاحت أنواره عليه وفدت رسل, وفدت رسل فنونه إليه ولم يكن لهمتي غاية إلا تلقيه ولا لنفسه لذة إلا الفكر, إلا الفكر, إلا الفكر فيه وكأن أبا محمد الدارمي الحافظ رحمه الله لمح هذا المعنى فختم كتاب العلم من سننه المسمى بالمسند الجامع بباب في بباب في إعظام العلم وأعون شيء وأعون وأعون شيء على الوصول إلى إلى إعظام العلم وإجلاله معرفة معاقيد تعظيمه وهي وهي الأصول الجامعة المحققة لعظمة العلم المحققة المحققة لعظمة العلم لعظمة العلم في القلب فمن أخذ بها كان فمن أخذ بها كان معظما للعلم مجلا له ومن ضيعها فلنفسه أضاع ولهواه أطاع فلا يلومن إن فتر عنه إلا نفسه يداك أو كتى وفوك نفخ ومن لا يكرم العلم لا يكرمه العلم وسنأتي بالقول بإذن الله على عشرين معقد يعظم يعظم بها العلم من غير بسط لمباحثها فإن المقام لا يحتمل والإتيان على غاية كل معقد يحتاج إلى زمن مديد والمراد هنا التبصرة والتذكير وقليل يبقى فينفع وخير من كثير يلقى فيرفع فخذ من هذا المعاقد بالنصيب الأكبر تنل الحظ الأوفر من رياض الفنون وحدائق العلوم وإياك والإخلاد إلى مقالة قوم حجبت قلوبهم وضعفت نفوسهم فزعموا أن هذا الأحوال غلو وتنطح, وتشد وتنطح وتشدد غير مقنع فقد ضرب بينهم وبينها بسور له باب باطنه فيه الرحمة وظاهره من قبله العذاب فليس مع هؤلاء على دعواهم على دعواهم من أدلة الشرع ما يصدقها ولا من شواهد الأقدار ما يوثقها وإنما هي عذر البليد وحجة العاجز فأين الغلو والتنطع من شيء الوحي شاهده والرعيل الأول سالكه فكل معقد منها ثابت بآيات محكمة أو سنة أو سنة مصدقة أو آثار عن خير القرون الماضية فإذا 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 وثقت بصدقها وعقلت فإذا وثقت بصدقها وعقلت وثقت بصدقها وعقلت خبرها وخبرها فلا فلا تقعد فلا تقعد فلا تقعد همتك بخطبة الكسل والتواني تتسلل إليها وهي تجلجل هذا أحوال من مضى من سلف الأمة وخير الورى فأين الثرى من الثريا بل من سمت نفسه إلى مقامة مقامتهم أدركها فتشبهوا إن لم تكونوا مثلهم إن التشبه بالكرام فلاحوا فأشهد قلبك هذا المعاقد وتدبر منقولها ومعقولها واستنبط منطوقها ومفهومها فالمباني فالمباني خزائن المعاني. The author رحمه الله شيخ صالح بن عبد الله بن حمد العصيمي he started his kitab with the basmala so he started by saying بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم that's number one and the reason why the author رحمه حفظه الله تعالى he started his kitab with the basmala is ابتداء بكتاب الله عز وجل. He's following the book of Allah Azza wa Jalla. Every surah in the Quran other than Surah At-Tawbah, it starts with Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. 
and also he is following the Prophet because the Prophet used to start with every letter he would send the Basmala. And so he is following the Prophet in what? Meaning the action that the Prophet did. As for the hadith that came, that the Prophet he said, it is weak and it's not authentic. Shaykh al-Albani, rahimahullah, he weakened it as the first hadith in his kitab, Irwa al-Ghalil. The second thing that the author, rahimahullah, started his book with is the Hamdala. Because Allah, tabarak wa ta'ala, started the Quran with what? Surah al-Fatiha. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. And so the author, rahimahullah, he started by saying, Alhamdulillahi ma'azzamahu mu'azzimun. And the third thing that the Shaykh Rahimahullah, Hafidhahullah did is he mentioned the Shahada testifying Allah is the only one worthy of worship, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he also mentioned As-Salah was salam ala Rasulillah, sending peace and salutation on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the strongest opinion that we take regarding the word salah is the قول of Abu Aliyah al-Rayahi, Tilmid ibn Abbas ibn Umar. Abu Aliyah, he said that salah means thana'ullahi fil mala'i al-a'la. Allah praising the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam high above. And Bukhari narrated it mu'allaqan bi sigatil jazmi. The fourth thing that the author rahimahullah started his book with is salah and also salam on the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and on the family of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Is it permissible to send salah on anyone other than the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Jamharatun min ahlil ilmi are of the opinion, a large quantity of the scholars are of the opinion that you can say salah to other than the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Allahumma salli ala, ala abi awfa. Allahumma salli, oh Allah, send salah on the people or the family of abi awfa. So it's permissible. And Ibn al-Qayyim in his kitab, Jala'u al-Afham fi fadli salati ala khayri al-anam, he said, yajuzu tajawuzan. It is permissible, but it's because there's leniency for other than the Prophet Then the author, rahimahullah, spoke about, which is the fifth point that the author spoke about in the Muqaddimah is that knowledge will enter the heart of everybody. Everyone can attain knowledge. And he brought the line of poetry, وَالْعِلْمُ يَدْخُلُ قَلْبَ كُلِّ مُوَفَّقٍ مِنْ غَيْرِ بَوَّابٍ وَلَاسْتِئْذَانِ وَيَرُدُّهُ الْمَحْرُومُ مِنْ خِذْلَانِهِ that knowledge enters the heart of everybody and the only person who will not gain knowledge is the one who comes with sins which then becomes a reason for the person not to attain knowledge and Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah Muhammad ibn Idris al-Shafi'i he went to his teacher Waki' ibn Jarrah al-Ru'asi Imam al-Shafi'i and when Imam al-Shafi'i went to his teacher Waki' ibn Jarrah al-Ru'asi Shafi'i complained about his memorization and how it reduced. And Imam, uh, Imam Waki' ibn Jarrah al-Ru'asi said to Shafi'i that stay away from sins 
because it, what it will do is it will extinguish the light of knowledge. And then Al Imam Shafi'i's famous poetry came into place, which is Shakoutu ila wakirin bisuhivdi, farshadani ila tarkil maasi, wakala inna ilma nurun, wanurullahi la yuhdali asim. I complained to my teacher Wakir about what? Shakoutu ila wakirin bisuhivdi. I complained to him about the weakness of my, memori- my, memori- my memorization. I complained to him about the weakness of my memorization and he advised me and he guided me to stay away from sins because the sins will extinguish the light of knowledge. Also, the, what the author rahimahullah, mentioned is that knowledge is sought from its people and that knowledge is taken from the people of knowledge. And this is a statement that he took from the noble tabi'i uh, Muhammad ibn, uh, ibn Sirin, rahimahullah, the great tabi'i. Muhammad ibn Sirin, he said, "Inna hadha al-ilm dinun fanzuru amman ta'khudun dinakum." This is your religion. This knowledge is your religion. Look at who you take your religion from. So you need to take look at who you take your knowledge from. You don't go to every doctor to look at your illness, but rather what you do is you go to a certified individual to deal with your case. The same is when it comes to the religion. You don't go to every kullu bakrin wa amrin wa zayd. You go to a person who has grounded Islamic knowledge. And the next point that the author rahimahullah mentioned is how important it is to resemble the people of knowledge and try to be like them. And he bought the famous poetry which is إِلَّمْ تَكُونُوا مِثْلَهُمْ فَتَشَبَّهُ إِنَّ تَشَبُّهَا بِالْكِرَامِ فَلَاحُ if you can't be like them, then mimic them. For verily, mimicking the people of knowledge itself is a virtue. Try to be like them. Act like them. And if you can't be like them, then what you need to understand is that uh, trying to be like them itself is a virtue. And the author, Allah, also alluded to where he brought the idea of naming this book, Ta'zimul Ilm. And he mentioned that he got this name from the great scholar, um, Al-Imam Al-Darimi rahimahullah, who has a, uh, a musnad and in that musnad he has a, a chapter where he called it um, Babu Fi I'zam Al-Ilm the chapter of venerating and glorifying knowledge Naam. Al-Ma'qid Al-Awwal Tathiri Wi'a'i Al-Ilm Wa Huwa Al-Qalb فإن لكل مطلوب وعاء وإن وعاء العلم القلب ووصف الوعاء يعكره ويغير ما فيه وبحسب طهارة القلب يدخله العلم وإذا ازدادت طهارته ازدادت قابليته للعلم ومثل العلم في القلب كنور المصباح إن صفى زجاجه وشعت أنواره وإن لطخته وإن لطخته الأوساخ وكسفت أنواره فمن أراد حيازة العلم فليزين باطنه فليزين باطنه ويطهر قلبه من نجاسته فالعلم جوهر لطيف لا يصلح إلا للقلب النظيف وطهارة القلب ترجع إلى أصلين عظيمين أحدهما طهارته من نجاسة الشبهات والآخر طهارته من نجاسة الشهوات ولما لطهارة القلب من شأن عظيم أمر بها النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في أول ما أمر في قوله تعالى في سورة المدثر وثيابك فطهر في قول من يفسر الثياب بالباطن وهو, وهو قول حسن لمن 
له مأخذ صحيح وإن كنت تستحي من نظر مخلوق مثلك مثلك إلى وسخ ثوبك فاستحي من نظر الله إلى قلبك وفيه إحن وبلايا وذنوب وخطايا قال مسلم بن حجاج حدثنا عمر الناقد حدثنا حدثنا كثير بن هشام حدثنا جعفر بن برقان عن يزيد الأصم عن أبي هريرة أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن الله لا ينظر إلى صوركم وأموالكم ولكن ينظر إلى قلوبكم وأعمالكم واحذر كما إن نفسك اللاتي متى خرجت عليك كسرت كسر مهاني ومن طهر قلبه في العلم حل ومن لم يرفع منه نجاسته ودعه العلم وارتحل وإن تصفحت أحوال طائفة من طلاب العلم في هذا المعقد رأيت خلالا بينا فأين تعظيم العلم من, من امرئ تغدو الشهوات والشبهات في قلبه وتروح تدعوه صورة محرمة وتستهويه مقالة مجرمة حشوه المنكرات والتلذذ بالمحرمات فيه غل وفساد وحسد وعناد ونفاق وشقاق أن لهؤلاء والعلم ما هم منه ولا هو إليهم قال سهل بن عبد الله رحمه الله حرام على قلب أن يدخله, أن يدخله النور وفيه شيء مما يكره الله عز وجل مما يكره الله عز وجل The author رحمه الله He mentions 20 chapters now The author now goes into 20 chapters of how to glorify knowledge How do you honor and venerate knowledge 20 ways of glorifying and honoring knowledge Number one you have to purify the vessel cleansing and cleaning and emptying the vessel knowledge pours into the person's heart and that's where it resides and settles in so because the knowledge is going to pour into your heart you must cleanse your heart or else what might happen is the knowledge may enter into a filthy, dirty heart. And so what happens is the knowledge which is good and the filthy heart and they mix and what comes out of that individual is a filthy action. Just like if you got honey and you poured the honey into a cup which has dirt in it, the honey will not be as tasty and as appreciated if the cup was cleaned. Okay, so the first thing that the author rahimahullah pointed out is cleansing the heart and cleaning it. And the author rahimahullah, he mentioned that the vessel or the lamp, there's a glass that the lamp is put in. And the lamp, when the light is shining, the brightness of that light will be larger in quantity or it will be larger in vision if the glass is cleaned. The more that the glass is cleaned, the more that the light will be brighter. And the same is when it comes to the heart. The more that your heart is cleansed, the more that this knowledge that you've gained will start to appear on your limbs. And it will then start to show in your surroundings. And the author, rahimahullah, he pointed out two illnesses that the heart suffers from two types of illnesses that will directly attack your heart and the first of them is najasatu shubuhat doubt when doubt enter your heart and when the scholars they talk about shubuhat 
they are referring to two things. The first one is al-kufru, disbelief. And the second one is al-bid'ah, innovation. Those are the two things that are referred to as shubha. shubha. Kufr, which is disbelief. And the second thing is what? Bid'ah, which is innovation. If those two settle in a person's heart, it will affect the knowledge. And we all know the famous story of how the great Sahabi Al-Jaleel, Ali ibn Abi Talib was killed. Ali was killed by a man who had knowledge. He wasn't ignorant. Abdul Rahman ibn Muljim had knowledge and was hafid. It was said that Umar ibn al-Khattab sent him to Kufa as a Qari to teach the Quran to the people. So his job was to educate the people with the Quran. And then Shubha entered his heart. He met a woman that he liked, was interested in her, and she had the belief of the Khawarij. So she said to him, if you want me, we can get married, but you have to make my dowry the neck of Ali ibn Abi Talib. And so he married her on that grounds, and then this doubt she whispered to him, and then he ended up becoming the person who killed Ali ibn Abi Talib. So Shubha enters the heart. وَلِذَلِكَ عِمْرَانِ بْنُ حِطَّانِ who was another Khariji who agreed with Abdurrahman ibn Muljim, was praising Abdurrahman ibn Muljim. And this is to show you that when your heart, um, Shubha enters it, what it can possibly do to you. Imran ibn Hittanin is praising Abdurrahman ibn Muljim, Qatilu Ali, the killer of Ali. And what did he say? He said, Ya darbatan min taqiyin, the hitting of a righteous man. Who's he referring to here? Abdurrahman Muljim. Imran ibn Hattan is praising another Khalid is praising another one. He said to him, Ya darbatan min taqiyin, ma arada biha. He did not intend by his hitting of Ali ibn Abi Talib, illa liyablugha, except to reach min dil arshi ridwana. He wants to gain the forgiveness of his Lord, Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. Inni la adhkuruhu, Imran ibn Hattan is saying, I sometimes remember Abdurrahman ibn Muljim. And when I remember him, فَأَحْسَبُهُ أَوْفَ الْبَرِيَّةِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ مِزَانًا And he comes across to me in my mind, a man who has a heavy scale in the eyes of his Lord, the Day of Judgment. And he's a praiseworthy, noble, honorable man. And this is something that came to him from what, brothers? It came from Shubha. The Prophet Sallallahu one time came to Ali ibn Abi Talib. The Prophet came to Ali ibn Abi Talib. And the Prophet Sallallahu said to Ali, Atadri man ashqal awwali? Ali, do you know the worst of those who are to, that have passed? The previous nations. Do you know the worst of them? And Ali ibn Abi Talib, he said, Allah wa Rasulu alam. Allah and his messenger know best. The Prophet Sallallahu he said, Ashqal awwaleen is aqirun naqa. Nabi Allah Salih, those who, who mutilated or even sliced the, uh, the she camel that was sent to them. That's the Ashqal Awaleen, the ones who are cursed from the early generation. Then the Prophet said to Ali ibn Abi Talib, Atadri man Ashqal Akhirin, do you know the worst of those to come? And then Ali ibn Abi Talib then said, Allah wa Rasulu Alam. And then the Prophet said, Man yadribuka ala rasika, the one that's going to smack you on the neck, Ali, you, you. The one that's going to hit you is what? The worst of those to come. Hatta takhtifa lihyataka biddami. Until your, ne- your, sh- your 
bed becomes filled with blood. That's the Ashqal Akhirin. And here you find Imran ibn Hattan praising Abdurrahman ibn Muljim for killing who? Ali ibn Abi Talib. And then this is the first illness that the heart suffers from, which is it is Najasa to Shubuhat. The second illness that the person suffers from is Najasa to Shahawat, desires. And this is two things major and minor sins. Major and what? Major and minor sins are two of the pillars of najasa uh, to shahawat desires and nabiullahi muhammad when he came out to call to islam and preach islam the first thing that he was commanded to do was what what is to he was commanded to purify his heart you O student of knowledge who wants to embark on this path of gaining knowledge the first thing that you're going to be advised is to cleanse your heart where is the evidence that the first thing that the prophet was commanded was to purify his heart is qawluhu ta'ala the word according to the scholars of tafsir they have three views how many views three views the word has three opinions the first opinion is the word means purify your actions that's number one the second one is here means Purify your clothing. That's the second meaning it has. And the third view holds is Purify your heart. And the Arabs used to use the word thiyab as to mean the qalb. Imru al is from the Shu'ara al Arab. And he was before the Prophet 150 years. He is the pre Islamic poets. He said, There was a woman he loved, he was really into, and so he said to her, If my, if, if it has harmed you and you have found problem from my nature and the way I am, get rid of me in your heart and he used the word what fasulli thiyabi so the word thiyabi according to the arabs it can be used as what the qalb so nabiullah muhammad ala ahad aqwal mufassirin wa thiyabaka means ay wa qalbaka fatahir purify your heart it's the heart which allah looks at allah looks at the creation from their hearts the sheikh he brought the hadith narrated by bukhari and muslim and the wording that the author rahimahullah took is the riwayah of al-imam muslim muslim ibn hajjaj ibn muslim al-naysaburi rahimahullah that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in hadith abi hurairah inna allah la yanzuru ila ajsamikum wa la ila suwarikum walakin yanzuru ila qulubikum wa amalikum allah doesn't look at your physique and your your body size and how tall and how strong you are allah doesn't look at any one of that what allah looks at subhanahu wa ta'ala is your heart and your actions so brothers we have to purify our heart the author rahimahullah he also brought the statement of sahal ibn abdullah to study rahimahullah sahal ibn abdullah to study rahimahullah he mentioned haramun ala qalbin it is haram for knowledge to enter a heart ama good to enter someone's heart 
حرام على قلب أن يدخله النور وفي شيء مما يكرهه الله عز وجل حرام the word حرام can be used as two meanings write this down حرام can be used in one of two meanings حرام which is قدري universally and it is the one Allah said in the Quran حرمنا عليه المراضع وحرمنا عليه المراضع من قبله we prohibited me universally we did not let this happen so حرام can be قدري universally that Allah doesn't let something universally happen okay and the second one is haram which is shar'i and it's the shar'i which is the haram that we use in akhi this is haram don't do this akhi this is haram don't do this it's the shar'i usage which is huwa ma talabahu shari'u tarkahu ala wajhi al-ilzam it is what the sharia left I'm requested from you to leave in a forceful manner okay this one that the author, uh, the Sahar ibn Abdullah to study used, which is haramun ala qalbin an yadkhulahu nur wa fihi shay'un mimma yakrahu Allah azza wa jalla is the haramun qadari. Meaning it universally will not happen. That knowledge will enter a heart of a person and in that heart is something Allah does not like subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. Al-ma'qid al-thani ikhlasun niyati fihi فإن إخلاص الأعمال أساس قبولها وسلم وصولها كما قال تعالى وما أمروا إلا ليعبدوا الله مخلصين له الدين حنفاء وقال البخاري في الجامع المسند الصحيح ومسلم في المسند الصحيح واللفظ للبخاري حدثنا عبد الله بن مسلمة قال أخبرنا مالك عن يحيى بن سعيد عن محمد بن إبراهيم عن علقمة عن عمر رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال الأعمال بالنية ولكل امرئ ما نوى وما سبق من سبق ولا وصل من وصل من السلف الصالحين إلا بالإخلاص لله رب العالمين قال أبو, أبو بكر المروذي رحمه الله سمعت رجلا يقول لأبي عبد الله يعني أحمد بن حنبل وذكر له الصدق والإخلاص فقال أبو عبد الله بهذا ارتفع القوم وإنما ينال المرء العلم على قدر إخلاصه والإخلاص في العلم يقوم على أربعة أصول بها تتحقق نية العلم للمتعلم إذا قصدها الأول رفع الجهل عن نفسه بتعريفها ما عليها من, من العبوديات وإيقافها على مقاصد الأمر والنهي الثاني رفع الجهل عن الخلق بتعليمهم وإرشادهم لما فيه صلاح دنياهم وآخرتهم الثالث إحياء العلم وحفظه من الضياع الرابع العلم بالعمل فالعلم شجرة والعمل ثمرة وإنما يراد العلم للعمل ولقد كان السلف رحمهم الله يخافون فوات الإخلاص في طلبهم العلم في طلب في طلبهم العلم فيتورعون عن ادعائه لا 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 أنهم لم يحققوه في قلوبهم فهشام الدستوائي رحمه الله يقول والله ما أستطيع أن أقول إني ذابت يوما أطلب الحديث أريد به وجه الله عز وجل وسئل الإمام أحمد هل طلبت العلم لله فقال لله عزيز ولكنه شيء حبب إلي فطلبته ومن ضيع الإخلاص فاته علم كثير وخير وفير وينبغي لقاصد السلامة أن يتفقد هذا الأصل وهو الإخلاص في أموره كلها دقيقها وجليلها سرها وعلنها ويحمل على هذا التفقد شدة, شدة معالجة النية قال سفيان الثوري رحمه الله 
ما عالجت شيئا أشد علي من نيتي لأنها تتقلب علي بل قال سليمان الهاشمي رحمه الله ربما أحدث بحديث واحد ولي نية فإذا أتيت على بعض بعضه تغيرت نيتي فإذا الحديث الواحد يحتاج إلى نيات رحمه الله he goes into the second thing that you need in order to glorify knowledge which is إخلاص نيتي لله عز وجل that you do everything for the sake of Allah what does ikhlas mean? Ikhlasuna lillahi saffi al-qalba min iradatin siwahu fahdhar ya fatin. Ikhlas means you do it only for Allah's sake. Ikhlasuna lillahi saffi al-qalba. Clean from your heart. Take out from your heart. Ikhlasuna lillahi saffi al-qalba min iradatin siwahu fahdhar ya fatin. You don't do this for anyone else. In your heart when you're doing this, it's only Allah Azza wa Jalla. If you left this, you only left it for Allah. If you did it, you did it for Allah. If you mentioned it, you mentioned it for Allah. Your purpose and your goal is no one other than Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And Allah mentions in the Quran, Quran, We were not commanded to worship Allah except with sincerity. The thing that we were commanded to do every action of ours is with sincerity. That we don't do it for anyone else, only Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. And the author Rahimullah, he brought the hadith that no one else narrated it from the Prophet other than Umar. And no one else narrated it from Umar except Al-Qamah ibn Abi Waqas al-Layfi. And no one narrated it from Al-Qamah ibn Abi Waqas al-Layfi except Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Taymi. And no one narrated it from Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Taymi except Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Ansari. And no one narrated it from Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Ansari, al- al- then it became 200 people. And this hadith is called Ahad. It's a singular narration. And it's the famous hadith that many of you have come across or heard of it. And it's a hadith that Imam al-Bukhari chose to start his sahih with. And he mentioned it seven places in his sahih or six places in his sahih. Abdul Ghani ibn Abdul Wahid al-Maqdisi chose to start it with his book as well, Umdatul Ahkam. Also Nawawi chose to start it with his kitab, Arba'oon al-Nawawiyya and also his kitab Riyadh al-Salihin. Many scholars have chosen to start their book with this hadith, which is, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَّةِ أما إنما الأعمال بالنيات وإنما لكل امرئ ما نوى فمن كانت هجرته إلى الله ورسوله فهجرته إلى الله ورسوله ومن كانت هجرته لدنيا يصيبها أو امرأة ينكحها أو امرأة يتزوجها فهجرته إلى ما هاجر إليه This hadith says that every action is what is intended from it and everybody will be rewarded in accordance to their intentions Allah tabarak wa ta'ala brothers he looks at sincerity and how sincere you are Sometimes you may reach a station in your life not because of the quantity of the action that you did but rather the sincerity of the action that you did. And that's what Allah looks at subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah observes that subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now the question here is what is it that I need to do when seeking knowledge? What, how do I come with sincerity? A poet summarized it all and he brought the statement in a couple of lines which is when you're seeking knowledge you do it for four reasons and that's what sincerity is write it down the first reason why you're seeking knowledge is and your aim in gaining knowledge number one is to remove the ignorance from yourself. The first reason why you're seeking knowledge is because you don't want to be ignorant anymore. You're tired of being ignorant. You're tired of asking and inquiring. You now want to know it for yourself. 
So the first reason is to remove ignorance from yourself. And by the way, brothers, ignorance is a, one of the greatest diseases that mankind can suffer from. And the Prophet wasallam, he referred to ignorance as a disease. You will know the famous hadith when the Prophet wasallam, he said, إِنَّمَا شِفَاءُ السُؤَالِ إِنَّمَا شِفَاءُ The cure of ignorance is asking. Cure means that it's an illness. And so it's sad that you tend to find people who are walking around with this illness and they don't go to the scholars who are going to prescribe for them a cure for this illness. And ignorance is something, brothers, that we need to abstain from and we need to get away from. And every day in our lives, brothers, we have to nurture ourselves with knowledge. We as humans are born with ignorance. That is the default position of all mankind. Allah said in the Quran, Insan has two characteristics. He's born with these two characteristics. Ignorance and oppression. Ignorance and what? Oppression. That's how Allah created you. Allah said in another ayah, Allah brought you out of the womb of wombs of your mothers, not knowing anything. And so what we have to do is, we have to nurture ourselves with knowledge every day. So the first reason why you're gaining knowledge is to uplift ignorance from yourself. Number two is, to remove ignorance from the people around you. You want to educate your community. You, you want to educate your family and your relatives. That's why you're seeking knowledge. Number three, you want to revive the knowledge. means to revive the science and to revive the knowledge. Some sciences, brothers, has weared away over time and it's slightly perishing. And people have tend to walk away from it. For instance, and an example will be inheritance. For instance, many people don't study the knowledge of ilmul muwarif, inheritance. And so someone will go there, go out there and he will uh, gain the knowledge of inheritance and study it because he wants to revive the science. Number four is al-amalu bil-ilm, is to implement the knowledge and act upon that knowledge. Brothers and sisters who are listening, these four pillars, I mean, these four essential components are the meaning of sincerity in seeking knowledge. And I mentioned the line of poetry which is Then the author, Rahimahullah, he gave some examples of the early Imams, the Salafu Hadi Al-Ummah, the pious predecessors, and examples from them. He mentioned Hisham al-Dastawai, rahimahullah. He was asked, he said more like, Wallahi, ma astati'u an aqula inni dhahabtu yawman atlubu al-haditha uridu bihi wajhallah. Hisham al-Dastawai said, I am not able to go out there and to say that I went to gain Islamic knowledge. I never did. I can never claim that I actually sought knowledge for Allah's sake. That itself is a sign of what? Sincerity. Because remember, it's very hard to come with sincerity. Sufyan al-Thawri, rahimahullah, he said, I never cured anything harder for me than my intention. 
The intention, what it does is, it tosses and it turns. For one minute it's for you, and another minute it changes. In one sit, you need intentions in one gathering because it keeps changing. And so you have to keep re reviving and keep renewing your intention. Al-Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, Imam Ahli Sunnati wal Jama'a, Imam Ahli Sunnah, Ahmad ibn Hanbal. Ahmad ibn Hanbal was asked, he was asked, Did you seek knowledge for the sake of Allah? Faqala, he then responded, Lillahi Aziz. Oh, that's a very rare thing. But knowledge was something Allah placed in my heart, the love for it, and then I went and I sought knowledge. Uh, Ahmad ibn Hanbal, we believe, inshallah ta'ala, that he came with sincerity. Why? Because Allah ta'ala allowed his knowledge to remain. And it's a sign of sincerity. When a person is sincere, brothers, as I said, he may do something very little. And Allah may, may reach it, allow it to reach somewhere far. I read in the kitab, Wafayatul Ayan by Ibn Kalli Khan. It's a 12-volume book. I read in that book that there was a teacher. And he used to teach a group of students. And so one day, a student came to the class. For one day, he came to the class, the student. And he never came to the second class. The teacher asked about the student and they told him, Shaykh, he passed away last night. He only came one day. So one of the students, he had a dream of that new student that came for only one day. He had a dream of him and he saw him with the noble people, the scholars and the people of knowledge. And that, that man only came once to that class and he saw him with what? He saw him with the people of knowledge, Ahlul Ilm, sitting in their gardens, chatting with them. And so what did he do? What did he do? In the morning when he woke up, he went to the Shaykh and he said, Shaykh, I have a question. That man didn't come to the halaqat. He hasn't studied with you extensively. He hasn't taken book after book. He's only been to one class. He hasn't got much knowledge. How was it possible that he was raised with the people of knowledge? And the Imam or the Shaykh responded and he said, The man it will be rewarded for him in accordance to his intention. So because his intentions was to be with the people of knowledge, he reached there. And our Prophet ﷺ told us that if a woman is on her menstruation and she's prevented from praying and she's prevented from fasting Mondays and Thursdays and she's prevented from doing particular righteous actions, she gets the reward of those things that she used to do even though she's unable to do it. Why? Because of her intentions. So the intention, brothers, is what? It's a very important thing that we need to work on and always try to purify our intention. May Allah make us from those who purify their intention. How long do we have till the salah? Okay. We'll carry on after the salah, inshallah ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum. Al-Ma'qid al-Thalith Jam'u himmati nafsi alayhi فإن شعث النفس إذا جمع العلم إذا جمع على العلم التأم واجتمع وإذا شغل به وبغيره ازداد تفرقا وشتاتا وإنما تجمع الهمة على المطلوب بتفقد ثلاثة أمور أولها الحرص على ما ينفع فمتى وفق العبد إلى ما ينفعه حرص عليه ثانيها الاستعانة بالله عز وجل في تحصيله إذا لم يكن عون من الله للفتى فأول ما يجني عليه اجتهاده ثالثها عدم العجز على بلوغ البغية من عن بلوغ البغية منه 
وقد جمعت هذه الأمور الثلاثة في الحديث الذي رواه مسلم بن حجاج قال حدثنا أبو بكر بن أبي شيبة وابن النمير قال حدثنا عبد الله بن إدريس عن ربيعة بن عثمان عن محمد بن يحيى بن حبان عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال احرص على ما ينفعك واستعن بالله ولا تعجز فمن أراد جمع همته على العلم فليشغل في نفسه شعل فليشعل في نفسه شعلة الحرص عليه لأنه ينفعه بل كل خير في الدنيا والآخرة إنما هو ثمرة من ثمرات العلم وليستعن بالله عليه ولا يعجز عن شيء منه فإنه حينئذ يدرك بغيته ويفوز بها أم أم أمله ويفوز بما أمله أمله ويفوز ويفوز بما أمله وقال الجنيد رحمه الله ما طلب أحد شيئا بجد وصدق إلا ناله فإن لم ينله كله نال بعضه الجد بالجد والحرمان بالكسل فانصب تصب عن قريب غاية الأمل فانهض بهمتك واستيقظ من الغفلة فإن العبد إذا رزق همة عالية فتحت له أبواب الخيرات وتسابقت إليه المسرات قال ابن القيم رحمه الله في كتابه الفوائد إذا طلع نجم الهمة في ظلام ليل البطالة وردفه قمر العزيمة أشرقت الأرض بنور ربها ومن تعلقت همته بمطعم أو ملبس أو مأكل أو مشرب لم يشم رائحة العلم واعلم بأن العلم ليس يناله من همه في مطعم أو ملبس فاحرص لتبلغ فيه حظا وافرا واهجر له طيب المنام وغلسي وإن مما يعلي الهمة ويسمو بالنفس, ويسمو بالنفس اعتبار حال, حال من سبق وتعرف همم القوم الماضين فأبو عبد الله أحمد بن حنبل كان وهو في وهو في الصبا ربما أراد الخروج قبل الفجر إلى حلق الشيوخ فتأخذ أمه بثيابه وتقول رحمة به حتى يؤذن الناس أو يصبحوا وقرأ الخطيب البغدادي رحمه الله صحيح البخاري كله على إسماعيل الحيري في ثلاثة مجالس إثنان منها في ليلتين من وقت صلاة المغرب إلى صلاة الفجر واليوم الثالث من ضحوة النهار إلى صلاة المغرب ومن المغرب إلى طلوع الفجر وقال الذهبي في تاريخ الإسلام وهذا شيء لا أعلم أحدا في زماننا يستطيعه رحم الله أبا عبد الله كيف لو رأى همم أهل الزمان أهل هذا الزمان ماذا يقول وكان أبو محمد ابن التب ابن التبان أول ابتدائه يدرس شد 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 على الباء والتاء ابن التبان أول ابتدائه يدرس يدرس الليل كله فكانت أمه ترحمه وتنهاه عن القراءة بالليل فكان يأخذ المصباح ويجعله تحت الجفنة شيء من الآنية العظيمة ويتظاهر بالنوم فإذا رقدت أخرج المصباح وأقبل على الدرس وقد رأيت في بعض المجموعات الخطية في مكتبة نجدي في مكتبة نجدية خاصة مما ينسب إلى عبد الرحمن بن حسن آل الشيخ 
صاحب صاحب فتح المجيد قوله رحمه الله شمر إلى طلب العيون علوم ذيولا وانهض لذلك بكرة وأصيلا وصل السؤال وكن هديت مباحثا فالعيب عندي أن تكون جهولا فكن رجلا رجله على الثرى ثابتة وهام وهام وهامه همته فوق الثرى فوق الثريا سامقه ولا تكن شاب البدن اشيب الهمه فان همه الصادق لا تشيب كان ابو الوفاء بن عقيل احد اذكياء العالم من فقهاء الحنابله ينجد وهو في الثمانين ما شاب عزمي ولا حزمي ولا خلقي ولا ولائي ولا ديني ولا كرمي وإنما اعتاض شعري غير صبغته والشيب في الشعر غير الشيب في الهمم. The author رحمه الله he now goes into جمع همة النفس عليه having high aspiration in order to attain knowledge having high aspiration in order to attain knowledge if you want to gain knowledge you have to have a drive you have to be enthusiastic of wanting to learn you can't be an individual who lacks that enthusiasm. And the Shaykh Rahimahullah, he mentions what it means to have high aspiration. And he mentioned it's three things. And he took it from the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ihris ala ma yanfa'uka wasta'in billahi wa la ta'ajiz. Amma wa la ta'ajiz. Both ways it's said. The first one is, Al-hirsu ala ma yanfa'a. Work hard towards what will benefit you. Pay attention. Work towards what will benefit you. And abandon and leave that which won't benefit you. The smart individual, the clever-minded individual is the one who works towards what will benefit him and he leaves off and abandons that which doesn't benefit him. So, strive and work towards that which will benefit you. The second is that you depend on Allah after you've come with the hard work. You know that you can't do this by yourself. It is all in Allah's hand. And that is why in Surah, in surah Al-Fatiha we say إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدْ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ was mentioned from outside Isti'ana, meaning they were separated from one another because a person can't come with ibadah unless they rely on who? Unless they rely on Allah Azza wa Jalla. Unless they what? Unless they rely on Allah and they, they believe you can't do anything. The poet he said, If Allah does not aid a person and does not support them, in the cause and the hard work that they are coming with, then the first thing that's going to fail you is yourself. You won't get far. You need Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And Allah does things in ways that we can't imagine. Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Fir'aun was killing the boys. When mothers would give birth to their boys, Fir'aun ordered that the boys be beheaded and killed. Allah was showing us his strength and ability. He raised Musa fi kenafi Fir'aun in the household of Fir'aun and brought Musa back to his mother and brought her finance to breastfeed her own child. Fir'aun 
was running away from anyone harming him. The man who's going to bring his kingdom to an end, he's raising him in his own household. And not only that, the mother of Nabiullah Musa, Musa don't be scared. We will bring Musa back to you. Allah brought Musa back. Not only did he bring him back, Musa refused to take the breast milk of any woman in the city, only his mother. And then when his mother took her son in her lap and she saw her son, Fir'aun then commanded that she be paid for the breastfeeding of Musa because they don't know this is his mom. Okay? Allah does things in ways you and I can never perceive, Allah. Ways that we can never fathom and understand. So we should surrender ourselves to Allah Taala in all that which we do. Number three is Adam al-Ajzi minhu. Don't give up. Don't ever give up in the goal that you're trying to achieve. Have high hopes. Ibn al-Jawzi has a kitab called Sayyid al-Khatir. It's a very good book. I encourage you all to read. And in that book, he said, If you have high aspiration and your drive is very high, then all of the hardship which you endure trying to attain that goal become insignificant. It doesn't really bother you. It what? It doesn't bother you. So don't give up in what you're trying to achieve. Believe in your goal and always remember there is a light in the end of that tunnel. And one of the smartest things, one of the smart, wise statements that I came across is, the best words. Every time a matter becomes hard, you're closer to your goal. The harder it gets, the more you think you're suffering and you're going through hardship, the more you are closer to your, the more you're closer to your goal. So don't give up. These are the three pillars of Himmah, high aspiration. Brothers, the lion is called the king of the jungle. Do you know why? Ibn al-Qayyim said, because the lion doesn't eat dead corpse. Has high aspiration. The lion hunts for himself, goes out there, exerts the effort, and brings back something home. Lion doesn't take what people left behind or a dead corpse that's been there for days. And so that's why he earned the title of what? The king of the jungle. He earned the title of being the king of the jungle. Then the author, rahimahullah, he brought things that can get in the way of high aspiration. It's an obstacle. Prevents you from having high aspiration. Is if you make your mind and your heart connected to what am I going to eat later? What am I going to wear? If that's your goal, then that's is a preventative factor. It's an obstacle that prevents you from attaining knowledge. And the author brought the famous statement which is, Remember, know, have knowledge a person will not attain knowledge. If you're thinking about what clothes am I going to wear, what, what food am I going to have, a person who's seeking knowledge doesn't worry about that. Their goal is knowledge. Because what do they believe? 
الجوع يطرد بالرغيف اليابس فعلى ما تكثر حسرتي ووساوسي hunger can be extinguished with a dry bread so why am I going to dwell over thinking of it why am I going to spend my time thinking over hunger when I can get rid of it by having dry bread as Ibn al-Hajj al-Jazairi rahimahullah said al-ju'u yutradu bil-raghif al-yabisi hunger you can destroy it and get rid of it with dry bread you don't have to have too much food so why are you going to think over that too much if you want knowledge brothers seeking knowledge does not accept shirk it doesn't accept that it wants you to give your heart and mind to it and this is something that should start at a very early stage in your life it is something that you need to do when you're very young when you're a baby and you're a young child and Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal rahimahullah Ahmed was a young boy Ahmed may want to Ahmed, He wants to go to a halaqa He wants to go what? To a halaqa and gain knowledge And take knowledge And he's very little And of course his mother She's concerned and she's worried And she says to him His mother says out of mercy for him Oh, Yusbihu Ahmed, just wait for the Adhan. He wants to leave before the Adhan to get there early to sit at the feet of the Shaykh. But his mother would be uh, concerned for him and she'll say, You're young, you're very little. Wait until the Adhan goes off. It's too dark. Wait. Ahmed had that aspiration at that age. He had it what? He had it at that age. Khatib al Baghdadi, rahimahullah. There were two great Imams at one era. Hafid al-Mashriq wa al-Maghrib. Hafid al-Mashriq was Khatib al-Baghdadi and Hafid al-Maghrib was Ibn Abdul Bar rahimahullah. There were two Imams of two eras. Same, sorry, era, same time. But they were holding two sides of the world. Hafid al-Mashriq wa al-Maghrib. Khatib al-Baghdadi, he read Sahih al-Bukhari ala Shaykhi Ismail al-Hiri. He read it on his teacher Ismail al-Hiri. And... Um, he read it on him fi thalathati majalis Sahih al-Bukhari In three sits He read all of Sahih al-Bukhari Look at the aspiration of these men And An Imam al-Dahabi was shocked with this Do you know Imam al-Dahabi? An Imam al-Dahabi authored 150 books Tilmid ibn Taymiyyah He's a student of Sheikh Usam ibn Taymiyyah He has a kitab called Seer Alam al-Nubala He has another kitab called Tariq al-Islam he has another kitab called Al-Muqidah. He has many books. Al-Imam al-Dhahabi, rahimahullah. Dhahabi authored 150 books. Imam in his own league, in his own way. He said, when he mentioned this story of Khatib al-Baghdadi, reading Sahih al-Bukhari in two, three different sits in one day. He said the following. وَهَذَا شَيْءٌ لَا أَعْلَمُ أَحَدًا فِي زَمَانِنَا يَسْتَطِيعُ I don't know anyone at our time that can do this action of Khatib al-Baghdadi which is to read Sahih al-Bukhari in what? In three sits. I don't know anyone who can do that. And Shaykh Salih ibn Abdullah ibn Hamad al-Usaymi said رَحِمَ اللَّهُ أَبَا عَبْدِ اللَّهِ كَيْفَ لَوْ رَآ هِمَمَ أَهْلِ هَذَا الزَّمَانِ مَادَ يَقُولُ What would? And Imam al-Dhabi you see What would he say sorry? If he saw the students of knowledge today, if they're told there's a dawra, and the dawra is going to go only on for four hours a day, they'll say, Shaykh, why four hours? Can't we just do everything in one hour? 45 minutes. 
the attention span of students are what only 45 minutes also the Shaykh rahimahullah he mentioned Abu Muhammad ibn Tabban rahimahullah he used to want to gain knowledge and his mother would say calm down easy and she would stop him from reading at night and so what did she do she said stop, switch off the lamp go to sleep because he's a young kid she doesn't want him to stay up under the lamp this is not a light she's worried for his health and his eyesight and so what does he do he will take the lamp and he will place it under the curtain, under the duvet. And, and he pretend like he's sleeping to his mother. And when she leaves, he opens it and he starts reading. He starts reading. And he will carry on studying like that. Al-Imam Ibn Aqil, he reached 80, 80. Brothers, he passed the lifespan that the messenger told us that the ummah is going to be the prophet said the lifespan of my ummah is how much 60 to what 70 and little go on little go over 70. ibn aqil reached 80 years of age he had the biggest islamic book he had 800 volume book kitab al-funun it's mafqood we don't have it today 800 volumes he said the following poetry at the age of 80 he said the following he said he said my intention has not changed when I was 20 and now that I'm 80 my intention has not changed and my decision and my manners hasn't changed and my love and allegiance hasn't changed my loyalty and my religion hasn't changed my generosity hasn't changed but something has changed about me and you know what it is my hair its color changed than when it used to be when I was 20 and the whiteness of the beard is not the whiteness of the heart meaning it's not that my aspiration has become old it's just my beard and I look old but I'm really not old and I still have that aspiration. 80 years of age, brothers. He said, Be a man whose legs, and the word thara, brothers, is a star and it's the highest star. Be a person whose mind and his thoughts and his aspiration is there and he's living on this earth. Be a person who's on this earth, but his mind and his heart is up there have high aspiration. وَلِذَلِكَ إِبْنُ الْجَوْزِي said, كَمَالُ الْعَقْلِ عُلُوُّ الْهِمَّةِ وَالْرَاضِي بِالدُّونِ دَلِي Everybody needs to know that. كَمَالُ الْعَقْلِ A person who is truly smart is a person who has high aspiration. وَالْرَاضِي بِالدُّونِ And anyone who is pleased with low aspiration is like, you know what? If I memorize جُزْ عَمَّ that's good for me. وَالْرَاضِي بِالدُّونِ دَلِي And anyone who is pleased with the minimum is pathetic. Al Maqid Rabbi Sarful Himmatifi La Ilmil Kurani was Sunna. For in the Kula Ilmin Nafi Maraduhu Ila Kalamilla, who are Kalamira Suli, Sala, who are Ali, who are Salem, 
وباقي العلوم إما خادم لهما فيؤخذ منها ما تتحقق به الخدمة أو أجنبي عنهما فلا يضر الجهل فلا يضر الجهل به فإلى القرآن والسنة يرجع العلم كله وبهما أمر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كما قال تعالى فاستمسك بالذي أوحي إليك إنك على صراط مستقيم وهل أوحي إلى أبي القاسم صلى الله عليه وسلم شيء سوى القرآن والسنة ومن جعل علمه القرآن والسنة كان متبعا غير مبتدع ونال من العلم أوفره قال ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه من أراد العلم فليثول القرآن فإن فإن فيه علم الأولين والآخرين وقال مسروق رحمه الله ما نسأل أصحاب محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم عن شيء إلا علمه في القرآن إلا أن علمنا يقصر عنه وينسب لابن عباس رضي الله عنهما أنه كان ينشد جميع العلم في القرآن لكن تقاصر عنه أفهام الرجال وما أحسن قول عياض يحسبي في كتابه الإلماء العلم في أصلين لا يعدوهما إلا المضل عن طريق اللاحبي عن الطريق اللاحبي علم الكتاب وعلم الآثار التي قد أسنتت عن تابع عن صاحبي وأعلى الهمم في طلب العلم كما قال ابن القيم ابن القيم رحمه الله تعالى في كتابه الفوائد طلب العلم طلب علم الكتاب والسنة والفهم عن الله ورسوله نفس المراد وعلم وعلم حدود المنزل وقد وقد كان هذا هو علم السلف عليهم رحمة الله ثم كثر الكلام بعدهم فيما لا ينفع فالعلم في السلف أكثر والكلام في من بعدهم أكثر قال حماد بن زيد قلت لأيوب السختياني العلم العلم اليوم أكثر أو فيما تقدم فقال الكلام اليوم أكثر والعلم فيما تقدم أكثر The fourth way of glorifying knowledge is to divert your aspiration in learning the knowledge of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. You tend to find students of knowledge trying to study the religion and they start with other things. The first thing that should be your concern as a person seeking knowledge is the Book of Allah. And then once you do that, you go for the Sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. And that's why Allah said in the Qur'an, فَاسْتَمْسِكْ بِالَّذِي أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكِ Hold on to that which was sent down onto you. The wahyi is the Quran and the what? It's the sunnah, both of them. They're both wahyu min Allah. ولذلك الله said والنجم إذا هوى ما ضل صاحبكم وما غوى وما ينطق عن الهوى إن هو إلا وحي يوحى. The sunnah is a what? It's a wahyi. ولذلك the poet he said فسنة النبي وحي ثان عليه ما قد أطلق الوحيان وإنما طريقها الرواية فافتقر الراوي إلى الدراية بصحة المروي عن رسول ليعلم المردود من مقبول لا سيما عند التظاهر الفتن ولبس إفك المحدثين بالسنن فقام عند ذلك الأئمة بخدمة الدين ونصح الأمة فميزوا صحيحها من مفترى حتى صفت نقية كما ترى السنة is a wahi. The Quran is a wahi. And both of them are from who? They are both from Allah Azza wa Jalla. You divert your heart and mind to them. So you study the Quran and you study the Sunnah. If you want to seek knowledge, those are the two that you focus on greatly. 
and you don't focus on other things. Walidhalika, there were people, right? People in Islamic history who went and focused on other things and then later regretted what they focused on. Fakhruddin al-Razi, who was one of the people who attributed himself to the Ash'ari group, in the later stages of his life, he regretted that he busied himself with philosophy, kalam. And he said the following lines of poetry. He said, I went and I traveled around these different schools and these different ideologies. I went around all of them. And I observed them all, gave them full attention. And all I found was every one of them, he placed his palm on his, on his chin out of confusion. Regretting, confused. Because all it is is theories. And Fakhruddin al-Razi, when the Asha'ira say, they mean Fakhruddin al-Razi. Highly respected man amongst them. So he realized that the value is in the Quran and the Sunnah. Abu Hamid al-Ghazali, it was mentioned fi awakhir hayati. He saw Sahih al-Bukhari. He never saw it before. He read it and he was shocked. Famata he died. Abu Hamid al-Ghazali died and Sahih al-Bukhari was on his chest. Amazed with the book that he was reading. Sahih al-Mada? Sahih al-Bukhari. The poet he said, Sahih Bukhari is the most authentic book. He saw that later in his life. So brothers focus on the Quran and the Sunnah. Allah says, Allah he said, we send them the Quran as a what? Guidance. And it guides to that which is best. In This Quran it guides to the best of affairs and the best of matters. Focus on it. Hamad ibn Zaydin he said, Hamad ibn Zaydin I said I heard the great Imam Ayyub al Sakhtiyani. It was said to him, Why is it that you don't study philosophy? Why don't you look at it and study it and look at it? Because all the time you're studying Quran and Sunnah, Quran and the Sunnah. Why don't you read philosophy? And then he said a smart statement. And I want you to ponder on what he said. He said, للحماري, It was said to the donkey, Ala Why don't you do what the camel does? The camel, what it does is that it eats and it brings back what he ate. صح? Am I just saying that or you guys know that the camel brings back what he eats? Huh. The camel chews and then it puts it in its stomach and it brings it out. صحيح. So they went to the donkey and they said to the donkey, why don't you do what the camel does? Because the camel, for its people, he can stay without food for a period of time. So he said, للحماري, was said to the donkey, ألا تجتر, Why don't you bring back what you chewed? And then he said, أكرهو, I hate. I'm a I hate 
the false chewing. Something I already got rid of. Why would I want to bring it back? Ayyub al-Sakhtiyani is trying to say, I see ilmul kalam like that. I hate to be bringing back things that are falsehood and no value for me. Something I got rid of it. I don't want to bring it back. So what we have to understand, brothers, is busy yourself with the knowledge of the Quran and the Sunnah. He said, he said, We never went to the companions of the Prophet and we never asked them a question except that they read a verse from the Quran for us. Except that we didn't have enough knowledge for what? We didn't have enough, enough knowledge to get it out of the Quran and the Sunnah. ولذلك عبد الله بن مسعود he said من أراد العلم فليثور القرآن فإن فيه أول علم فإن فيه أول فإن فيه علم الأولين والآخرين عبد الله بن مسعود he said من أراد العلم anyone who wants knowledge فليثور القرآن ما معنى فليثور القرآن أي فليديم النظر في القرآن look at the Quran and ponder over the Quran because Allah said أفلا يتدبرون القرآن أم على قلوب أقفالها Allah said in another ayah, أَفَلَا يَتَدَّبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ وَلَوْ كَانَ مِنْ عِنْدِ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ لَوَجَدُوا فِيهِ اِخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا And in another place, Allah said, أَفَلَمْ يَدَّبَّرُوا الْقَوْلَ Pondering over the Quran, contemplating over it. What will you get? فَإِنَّ فِي عِلْمَ الْأَوَّلِينَ وَالْآخِرِينَ The knowledge of the early people and the knowledge of the future. It's in this treasure. Muhammad al-Amin al-Shanqiyatiyu, he said, مَنْ أَرَادَ الْعِلْمَ Anyone who wants knowledge, let him read the Quran. That's what the great Imams used to say, and the people of knowledge. So, brothers, focus on the Quran, focus on the Sunnah. And sometimes you find people focusing on the views of men, and they're abandoning the Quran and the Sunnah. Anyone who forsakes the Quran, then whatever else is going to forsake it. And anyone who forsakes the Sunnah is going to forsake everything else. Are you with me, brothers? When the Quran came down, where did it come down on? Did it come down on a book? Where did it come down? Allah says, The Quran, it came down on whose heart? So the scholars, they said, the Qur'an came to the Prophet's heart and it should go to everyone's heart. The Qur'an, that's where it's originally meant to be in. ولذلك Allah said in the ayah, لا تحرك به لسانك لتعجلبي إن علينا جمعه وقرآن ما معنى إن علينا جمعه أي في قلبك يا محمد We're going to take the whole Qur'an and we're going to put it in your heart. And Abu Bakr and Umar, they didn't write the Quran from the Prophet. They memorized it from his mouth. And they kept it in their heart. And then they passed it on like that. So it's important to memorize the Quran and learn the Quran. Naam. Al-Maqid al-Khamis, Suluk al-Jadat al-Musilati ilayh, Likulli matroobin tariqun yusalu ilayh, Faman salaka jadat matroobi awqafatu alayh, Waman adala anha lam yadhfur bi matroobihi, Wa inna lil-ilmi tariqan min amin. من أخطأ من أخطأها ضل ولم ينل المقصود وربما أصاب فائدة قليلة مع تعب كثير يقول الزر 
يقول الزرموجي رحمه الله في كتابه تعليم المتعلم وكل من أخطأ وكل من أخطأ الطريق ضل ولا ينال المقصود قل أو جل وقال ابن القيم رحمه الله في كتاب في كتاب الفوائد الجهل بالطريق وآفاتها والمقصود يوجب التعب الكثير مع الفائدة القليلة وقد ذكر وقد ذكر هذا الطريق بلفظ جامع مانع محمد مرتضى بن محمد الزبيدي صاحب تاج العروس في منظومة له تسمى ألفية السند يقول فيها فما حوى الغاية في ألف سنة فما حوى الغاية فما حوى الغاية في ألف سنة شخص شخص فخذ من كل فن أحسنه بحفظ متر جامع للراجح تأخذه على مفيد الناصح فطريق العلم وجادته مبنية على أمرين من أخذ من أخذ به ما كان معظما للعلم لأنه يطلبه من حيث يمكن الوصول إليه فأما الأمر الأول فحفظ متر جامع للراجح فلا بد من حفظ فلا بد من حفظ ومن ظن أنه ينال العلم بلا حفظ فإن فإنه يطلب محالا والمحفوظ المعول عليه والمثن الجامع للراجح أي المعتمد عند أهل الفن فلا ينتفع طالب يحفظ المغمور في فن ويترك مشهورة كمن يحفظ ألفية الآثاري في النحو ويترك ألفية ابن مالك وأما الأمر الثاني فأخذه على مفيد الناصح فتفزع إلى فتفزع إلى شيخ تتفهم عن معانيه يتصف بهذين الوصفين أو وأولهما إفادهما وأولهما الإفادة وهي الأهلية في العلم فيكون ممن عرف بطلب العلم وتلقيه حتى أدرك فصارت له ملكة قوية فيه والأصل في هذا ما أخرجه أبو داود رحمه الله في سننه قال حدثنا زهير بن حرب, حرب وعثمان بن أبي شيبة قال حدثنا جرير عن الأعمش عن عبد الله بن عبد الله عن سعيد بن جبير عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال تسمعون ويسمع منكم ويسمع ممن يسمع منكم وإسناده قوي والعبرة بعموم الخطاب لا بخصوص المخاطب فلا يزال من 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 معالم العلم في هذا الأمة أن يأخذه الخالف عن السالف، أما الوصف الثاني فهو النصيحة وتجمع معنيين اثنين، أحدهما صلاحية الشيخ للاقتداء به والاهتداء بهديه ودله وسمته، والآخر معرفته بطرائق التعليم بحيث يحسن تعليم المتعلم ويعرف ويعرف ما يصلح له وما يضره. وفق التربية العلمية التي ذكرها الشاطبي في الموافقات. The author رحمه الله he now goes into a very important chapter which is after he spoke about brothers pay attention to this when you're trying to gain knowledge and you want to learn the religion there are two things that are required from you a person wants to gain Islamic knowledge two things is needed from him the first one is صفات ينبغي أن يتحلى بها طالب العلم Characteristics that the student of knowledge needs to adorn himself with. Sifat, ينبغي أن يتحلى بها طالب العلم. Characteristics that you need to beautify yourself with and adorn yourself with. The Sheikh mentioned some of them: sincerity, high aspiration. He mentioned some of them, and he's going to mention more, inshallah Taala. The second thing that the student needs is manhajiya, a methodology. Once you perfected yourself and you've cleansed your heart and you've come with the characteristics and the attributes required from you 
The second thing is, you need a methodology. You need a curriculum and a syllabus to follow. Or else, you're going to get confused. Because the knowledge is a what? It's an ocean that has no shore. And the poet, he said, no one's going to live for a thousand years. We're going to live for a very short time. What do you want to do? You want to take the shortest path and the most effective path, true or false? Shortest and effective. Uh, how do you do that? How do you take a short but effective path to gain Islamic knowledge? Someone is sitting here, 10 years he's studying. Another one here, two years. The one who's done it for two years is the same as the one who did it for 10 years. How? Manhajiya, brothers. Manhajiya, methodology. Tariqa. How is it that he did it? The way that the person does it, brothers, is number one, hifd, memorization. Ya ikhwa. Al-ilmu ma hawahu sadr wa laysat ma hawahu qimitu. As Khalid ibn Ahmed al-Farahidi said, Shaykh Usibawi, knowledge, it's what's in the chest. And it's not what inside scrolls. You have to keep it in your heart. Wherever you go, it's with you. Okay? So, knowledge is what's in the chest. And it's not what's in the books. What's in the books? We all share it. We can all go and look at it. Like in the knowledge that you can claim is the one that when you go to the toilet, is with you. When you come out, is with you. When you go out, it's with you. No one can steal it from you. There was an imam, Min Aimma, one of the great imams. He was moving from one place to another and he placed all of his books on a riding beast. And a thief came and stole it. With all his other belongings. The thief, the thief didn't intend the books. He wanted to steal something else, but he took the books with it. So the sheikh now doesn't have his books. Huh? And so he regretted it. That all of that which was written in the books wasn't in his chest. So he sat down and he realized the value and the importance of what? Hifd. Are you with me, brothers? The poet, he said, You're never going to be a scholar, a person of great knowledge and understanding. You have knowledge when you're in your library. And whenever someone asks you a question, you say, I promise you, let me get my book tomorrow. When I get my book tomorrow, I will show you. You're not a scholar. If whenever you need something is not on your tongue, and you can't say it like that, then that's not knowledge. Are you with me, brothers? Knowledge is what? That which is memorized. And that's why I said, you have to memorize what, brothers? You memorize a comprehensive book, number one. You don't memorize everything. Brothers, you memorize a comprehensive book. A comprehensive book. For instance, every science has one comprehensive book. You memorize that book. For example, Nahu, grammar, Arabic grammar. The student will sit down and he will memorize what? Al-Fiyat ibn Malik. 
قال محمد هو ابن مالك أحمد رب الله خير مالك مصليا على النبي المصطفى وآله المستكملين الشرف وأستعين الله في ألفية مقاصد النحو بها محوية تقرب الأقصى بلفظ موجز وتبسط البذل بوعد موجز وتقتضي رضا بغير سخط فائقة ألفية ابن معطي وهو بسبق حائز تفضيل مستوجم الثنائي الجميلة والله يقضي بهبات وافرة لي وله في درجات الآخرة 1000 lines You memorize that لأنه أجمع كتاب It's the most comprehensive book Someone asks you and says to you Okay What's علامات الاسم You have a line of poetry. كلامنا لفظ مفيد كاستقم واسم وفعل ثم حرف الكلم واحد كلمة والقول عم وكلمة بها كلام قد يؤم بالجر والتنوين والنداء وألو مسند للاسم تميز حصل بتا فعلت وأتت ويفعلي ونون أقبلن فعل ينجلي. Any part someone asks you, you know it. So you memorize that book. It's comprehensive. You don't busy yourself with any other book. Number two, اصول التفسير اصول التفسير you memorize. منظومة زمزمي is a very book, good book which is the نظم of the كتاب النقاية by سيوطي the third book that you memorize is in مصطلح الحديث you memorize الفيت العراقي are we all together brothers in أصول الفقه you memorize um, مراقي السعود لمبتغي الرقي والسعود by عبد الله بن حاج الشنقيطي يقول عبد الله وهو ارتسم سمى له والعالوي المنتمى الحمد لله الذي أفاض 1000 lines أصول الفقه you memorize it anyone ask you a question you know it from the book in علم البلاغة you memorize عقود الجمان by جلال الدين السيوطي عقود الجمان وهلم جرى there's many other books like that every science you memorize one book 1000 lines in hadith You memorize Arba'oon al-Nawi Umdatu al-Hakam al-Bulug al-Maram Ahadith al-Ahkam Fadail al-A'mal You memorize Riyadh al-Salihin If you want to go in Boo You go al-Lulu al-Marjan Because it's Jami' It has Tafsir It has many other things You memorize it Wahakada Hifd brothers The kitab that you're memorizing Has to be kitabun Jami' Comprehensive book If you memorize a book And it has some things missing from it. It's not comprehensive. Because brothers, we don't have time to memorize all of the books in the world. We can't. Our time is very limited. So we take one book in every science and we memorize that. The second characteristics of that book is Rajih. The publication that you're memorizing from is a good publication, brothers. Sometimes you find a student of knowledge memorized Al-Futum Malik. A very bad publication. There are two publications for Al-Fiyat ibn Malik that's very good. Tahqiq Abdullah ibn Salih al-Fawzan and the Tahqiq of Abdul Muhsin al-Qasim. Those are the two best. Are we all together, brothers? Qasitan, Abdul Muhsin al-Qasim's one's the best. But it's not a big difference. They're, they're both the same. It's close to each other. Usulut Mustalah al-Hadith Al-Fiyat al-Iraqi Darul Minhaj. The Tahqiq of Abdul Kirim al-Khudair. Bulugh al-Maram Samir Zuhair. Zuhairi. I'm Isa Musa is good as well. Like in Samir's one's the best. Are we all together, brothers? Umdat al-Hakam al-Firyabi's Tahqiqi you memorize Umdat al-Hakam. Wahakada. All of the books you're memorizing, you go to a sheikh, you call him sheikh, I'm going to memorize this book. Mahi afdalu taba'a. What's the best publication, sheikh? This is the best publication, and then you memorize it. 
You go to a person of knowledge and you say, teach me. You memorized it. I want to understand the book now. The shaykh that you're going to take from. So the book you're going to memorize has to have two characteristics. Jami'un rajih. means comprehensive. Al-Rajihi is a book that is what? It's good publication and everything. Okay? The Shaykh that you're going to go to is He has two characteristics. Mufid and he's Nasih. مَا مَعَنَا مُفِيد and مَا مَعَنَا نَاصِح Mufid means أَهْلِيَّةُ الْعِلْمِ This person has knowledge. He can teach this science. Break it down for you. That's the first characteristic of the person you're going to. وَلِذَلِكَ الْإِمَامْ أَبِي دَاوُودَ السِّجِسْتَانِي narrated in his sunan from his shaykh Zuhair Abu Khaythamata Zuhair ibn Harbin that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said مِنْ حَدِيثِ ibn Abbasin that the Prophet said, Tasma'una you will hear. Wa yusma'u minkum and it will be heard from you. Wa yusma'u mimman yasma'u minkum. Wa isnaaduhu qawi. Sanat. Each one takes some. You will hear from me and there will be a people hear from you and there will be a people hear from you. Knowledge is taken like that brothers. It's taken from its people. And the second characteristics of that teacher is he is nasih. Nasih means he is a person whose actions are fit. Naam. Uh, before, sorry, sorry. There are three things that prevent a person from gaining knowledge, brothers. And Ibn al Qayyim mentioned it. Write this down. This is gold. If you travel to China for this alone, it will be worth a journey. Huh? If you went to China for this alone, it will be beneficial. What are the three? Al Jahlu tariqi Many people, the reason why they can't attain knowledge is they don't know the path, ignorance of the path. وَآفَاتِهَا And the obstacles on that path. Number two. He doesn't even know the path. You can't gain knowledge. وَآفَاتِهَا The obstacles and the harms that you will face when you seek knowledge. You know what some people do? They know the path. But they travel. They go and seek knowledge. And then they get hungry. And they feel a bit cold. And the country is not the place they knew. And they say, you know what, I want to come back home. Mom, I'm tired. I can't be here anymore. I miss my Frosties and Weetabix. I want to come back now. I miss my KFC. I want to come back home. He can't live in this life. He can't adapt. A man came to him and he said, I want to be from the people of Hadith. And Imam Shafi'i said, Abshir You're tidings. You're going to be poor. You want to be from the people of Hadith? You're going to be poor. And this, poor, this poverty will not leave you. Are you ready for that? With that mindset, you'll get someone. And the third one is, والمقصود, the objective of this knowledge. Why are you learning for? Okay, brothers. Those three, if you don't have it, you won't gain knowledge. The first one is, ignorance of the path. وَآفَاتِهَا And the harms that come on this path. What will happen? And the third one is وَالْمَقْصُودُ وَالْمَقْصُودِ The objective of why you're learning knowledge. And the objectives we already spoke about, right? Four things. 
فلتقصد أربعة قبل ابتداء تعلم لكي تفوز بالهدى أولها الخروج من ضلال والثاني نفع خلق ذي الجلال والثالث الإحياء للعلوم والرابع العمل للمعلوم ومنشن مقصود عن الأبجكتيف أوف جيننج نوليدج ابن القيم مدرسي هي سد الجال بالطريق وآفاتها والمقصود يجب التعب الكثير مع الفائدة القليلة you get tired 10 years you're going to be away from your family I'm seeking knowledge I'm studying the deen 10 years what do you come back with you come back with يجب التعب tiredness مع الفائدة القليلة little فائدة you will be كما يقال في في المثل العربي you're going to be like the Arab poet said or the Arab proverb which is what? Raja'a bi khufay hunayn It's an Arab saying that this person Raja'a bi khufay hunayn It's a story You came back with nothing You came back with what? Nothing Ten years you're going to be away from your family Naam Al-Ma'qid al-Sadis Li'ayatu kununi bil-akhdi wa taqdimu al-ahammi fal-muhim إن الصورة المستحسنة يزيد حسنها بتمتع البصر بجميع أجزائها ويفوت من حسنها عند الناظر بقدر ما يحتجب عنه من أجزائها والعلم هكذا من رعى فنونه بالأخذ وأصاب من كل فن حظا كملت آلته في العلم قال ابن الجوزي رحمه الله في صيد الخاطر جمع العلوم ممدوح من كل فن خذ ولا تجهل به فالحر مطلع على الإسرار فالحر مطلع على الأسرار يقول شيخ شيوخنا محمد بن مانع رحمه الله في إرشاد الطلاب ولا ينبغي للفاضل أن يترك علما من العلوم النافعة التي تعين على فهم الكتاب والسنة إذا كان في فهم الكتاب والسنة إذا كان يعلم في نفسه قوة على تعلمه ولا يسوغ له أن يعيب العلم الذي يجهله ويزري بعالمه فإن هذا نقص ورذيلة فالعاقل ينبغي له أن يتكلم بعلم أو يسكت بحلم وإلا دخل تحت قول القائل أتاني أن سهلا ذم جهلا علوما ليس يعرفهن سهل علوما لو قراها ما قلاها ولكن الرضا بالجهل سهل انتهى كلامه وإنما تنفع رعاية فنون العلم باعتماد أصلين أحدهما تقديم الأهم أهم فالمهم مما يفتقر إليه المتعلم في القيام بوظائف العبودية لله سئل مالك بن أنس إمام دار الهجرة عن طالب العلم فقال حسن جميل ولكن انظر الذي يلزمك من حين تصبح إلى حين تمسي فالزمه فقال أبو عبيدة معمر بن المثنى رحمه الله من شغل نفسه بغير المهم أضر بالمهم وقدم الأهم إن العلم جم, جم والعمر طيف زار أو ضيف ألم والآخر أن يكون قصد في أول طلبي تحصيل مختصر تحصيل مختصر كل فن حتى إذا استكمل أنواع العلوم النافعة نظر إلى ما وافق طبعة من طبع طبعه منها وآنس من نفسه قدرة عليه فتبحر فيه سواء كان فنا واحدا أم أكثر أما بلوغ الغاية في كل فن والتعقق بملكته فإنه يهيأ له الواحد بعد الواحد في أزمنة متطاولة ثم ينظر المتعلم فيما يمكنه من تحصيلها إفرادا للفنون ومختصراتها واحدا بعد واحد أو جمعا لها والإفراد هو المناسب لعموم الطلبة ومن 
ومن طيار الشعر ومن طيار شعر الشناقط قول احدهم وان تريد تحصيلا فن تممه وعن سواه قبل الانتهاء مه وفي تراد في العلوم المنعجا اذ ان تو امان استبقا لن يخرجا لن يخرجا ومن عرف من نفسه قدره على على الجمع جمع على الجمع جمع وكانت حاله استثناء على من العموم ومن نواقض هذا المعقد المشاهده الاحجام عن تنوع العلوم والاستخفاف ببعض المعارف والاشتغال بما لا ينفع مع الولع بالغرائب وكان مالك يقول شر العلم الغريب وخير العلم الظاهر الذي قد رواه الناس The author rahimahullah now he talks about something again as important as those we mentioned previously which is the Islamic sciences are a lot they are not little huh? just the Arabic language is 12 sciences the Arabic language ilmul bayan ilmul badi ilmul maani sarf nahu adab ilmul urud ilmul qawafi that's 12 sciences within the Arabic language fama baluka bighayrihi what do you think about the other sciences so the sciences are too much in the religion so what do you do do you abandon them and leave them all the poet he said min kulli fannin khudh wa la tajhal bi fal hurru muttali'un ala al-asarari every science you can't be a master in all sciences but what do you do you study a elementary base a foundation of all of the science and you step and you specialize in the one that you like stay away from saying this science is bad because you don't know it a lot of people because they don't know a science they belittle it and they put it down and the poet said a man whose name was called Sahl. His name was what? His name was Sahl. So what he did was, Sahl didn't know particular sciences in the religion. He lacked the knowledge of it. And so he belittled it. Ah, Nahu. Nahu. All day, all day, all all day when I spend our life on this he belittled it he belittled all of these knowledge and his ilm doesn't know these sciences underline this if you ever see a person say to you this science is bad it's because he doesn't know it underline it it's because he doesn't know it and the qa'ida is man jahila shay'an aadahu aadahalahu because when you're ignorant about something you hate it and you hate its people yeah? If he knew these signs, he would not have belittled it. But being pleased with ignorance is the easiest way for everyone, right? It's a very easy thing. Question now. There are many sciences in the religion. Do you study... In one day, do you study five sciences at the same time? Or do you study one... And then you finish that science and then you go to the next science and you finish that one and then you go to the next one and you finish that. This is a difference of opinion amongst the ulama. The scholars of Murutania, the Shanaqita, they are of the opinion, study one science, finish it, go to the next one, finish it, the next one, finish it. And they say, 
وإن تريد تحصيل فن تممه وعن سواه قبل الانتهاء مه وفي ترادف العلوم المنعجاء إن توأمان استبق أن يخرجا They said it's like a mother trying to give birth to two twins at the same time She can't, can she? She has to give birth to one and then give birth to the other one So they're saying that the knowledge one after the other But I personally differ here Because in our schools We study multiple sciences in one day True or false? Yeah. You go to school You have maths And then you have biology And you have a chemistry class So studying many sciences at the same time May not be a problem But again It's all Qadiyya nisbiyya It's a subjective observation Someone, it might be good for them to just one science after the other And another person, he can do all of them at the same time He can study all of them uh, at the same time Naam Al-Ma'qid al-Sabi' Al-Mubadaratu ila tahsili waqtina musinni al-Siba wal-Shababi فإن العمر زارة إما أن تصير بسلوك المعالي ثمرة وإما أن تذبل وإن مما تثمر, وإن مما تثمر به زهرة العمر المبادرة إلى تحصيل العلم وترك الكسل والعجز واغتنام سن الصبا والشباب امتثالا للأمر باستباق الخيرات كما قال تعالى فاستبقوا الخيرات وأيام الحداثة, وأيام الحداثة فاغتنمها ألا إن الحداثة لا تدوم قال أحمد رحمه الله ما شبهت الشباب إلا بشيء كان في كمي فسقط والعلم في سن الشباب أسرع, أسرع إلى النفس وأقوى تعلقا ولصوقا وقال الحسن البصري رحمه الله العلم في الصغر كالنقش في الحجر فقوة بقاء العلم في الصغر كقوة بقاء النقش في الحجر فمن اغتنم شبابه نال إربه وحمد عند مشيبه سراه اغتنم سن الشباب يا فتى عند المشيب يحمد القوم السرا وأضر شيء على الشباب التسويف وطول الأمل فيسوف أحدهم ويركب بحر الأمان ويشتغل بأحلام, بأحلام اليقظة ويحدث نفسه أن الأيام المستقبلة ستفرغ له من الشواغل وتصفو من المكدرات والعوائق والحال المنظورة أن من كبرت سنه كثرت شواغله وعظمت قواطعه مع ضعف الجسم ووهن القوى ولن, تد... ولن تدرك الغايات العظمى بالتلهف والترجي والتمني ولست بمدرك ما فات مني بلهف ولا بل... وبلهف بلهف بلهف ولا بليت ولا, ولا لو أني ولا, ولا يتوهم مما سبق أن الكبير لا يتعلم بل هؤلاء أصحاب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم تعلموا كبارا كما ذكره البخاري رحمه الله في كتاب العلم من صحيحه وإنما يعسر التعلم في الكبر كما بينه الماء ما ما وردي في, في أدب الدنيا والدين لكثرة الشواغل وغلبة, وغلبة القواطع وتكاثل العلائق فمن قدر على دفعها عن نفسه أدرك العلم وقد وقع هذا لجماعة من النبلاء وطلبوا العلم كبارا فأدركوا منه قدرا عظيما منهم القفال الشافعي رحمه الله The author رحمه الله here he talks about 
المبادرة إلى تحصيل واقتناه السن الصبا والشباب. Benefiting from the time that you have, brothers. You're very young in age, and today you have this opportunity that you will not have. The poet he said. That the opportunity of age, if you don't benefit from it, it will go. And once it goes, it won't come back to you. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Two blessings, people don't know it. And they don't value what they have. Free time and being a youth. You're young. These two are in the prayer in the youth, free time and health. These two, health and free time, are present in the youth. The youth doesn't have a lot of illnesses, and he's and he's got a lot of free time. These two blessings, you will only realize it once it's gone, and you don't have it anymore. There was a man who became old. And he went to a well. He threw the bucket inside the well. And he tried to bring it out. And then he was like, ah. Oh. And then he sat and he said to himself, Mali ida jadabtuha sa'itu akibarun alani ambaytu. Why is it that when I pull out the bucket, sa'itu, I say, ah. Oh. Why do I do that? When I'm pulling out the bucket, I'm like, ah. Because he remembers when he was 20 years old and he used to pull it out with one hand. He's seeing himself now not able to do that. Why is it that when I pull it, I say, ah. Is it old age that has come over me? Have I become that old? He said, he said, late. I wish. But will I wish benefit me now? And then he said, late. I wish being young was sold in the market. I can go, I can buy it. Are you with me, brothers? It's an opportunity that you have today. That you're young. You can do a lot of things. You can memorize. You can. This is an opportunity. Fursa. And if you don't benefit from it, You're going to regret it. You're going to regret it. You're going to wish that it comes back and it won't come back for you. Learning when you're young, brothers, is like carving into rock. Learning when you're young is like carving into a rock. Sticks. Strong. And learning when you become old is like writing in the water. Can you write in the water? As soon as your writing is going away. Sahih. Inna al-fursata idha lam tantahizha sarat ghusla. Inna al-fursata idha lam tantahizha. The furas, the opportunities when they come, if you don't benefit from it, sarat ghusla. Ma ma'ala sarat ghusla? It becomes like a thorn in your neck. Like how you go like, ah. Oh. 
it strangles you it becomes pain in your heart and mind that you didn't benefit from it and brothers you might think to yourself I'm lazy I can't do this procrastination tomorrow 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 this nafs needs training it needs training the poet he said the nafs is like a newborn baby the mother when she gets the child if she breastfeeds the child until the age of five the child will just take the breast milk five years the mother can still breastfeed the child but it's upon the mother to say to the child it's over Two years. I've breastfed you for two years now. She has to cut. The nafs is like the child. You have to say to it, stop. And if you don't say to it, stop, it will carry on. Just like the baby will take the milk for as long. It's upon the individual to, to restrain the nafs and build those walls around it. And benefit from it. Allah said in the Quran, Fastabiqu means hasten, go fast towards the good. Whilst you're young, benefit from it. Allah is going to say to you the day of judgment, Have we not given you a life to live? Abdullah ibn means white hair came. Uh, we believe that. Some people say to you, this white hair, I inherited it. It's nothing to do with age. Uh, this is a warning for you. You're being told your time is going to expire. You're going to come to an end. So the umur is going to be asked. Abi Barzat al-Asmi fi Sunan al-Tirmidhi He said La tazulu qadamai abdin yawm al-qiyamat Hatta yus'al an arba'in And what is it from it? An umrihi fi ma afna You'll be asked about your life How you spent it What did you do with your life? 30 years you were in this world What did you do to it? How did you spend it? It's a question La tazulu qadamai abdin Your legs will not move from its position Ah brothers and the Prophet ﷺ told us, Seven types of people, Allah is going to give them a shade the day when there is no shade. And from them is what? Shabun. A youth. From the seven. Shabun youth who grew up in this religion and practicing his deen. Shab. Youth. Why youth? You know why? There's another hadith that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Inna Allah. Allah is fascinated with a youth that doesn't have any inconsistency. Allah is fascinated with that youth. The youth has those inconsistencies and losing concentration. Those moments like, I just want to enjoy myself. He has it right. In Allah, Allah is amazed and fascinated with a youth who doesn't have that. Just focused. 
He knows what he needs to do. He knows what he wants to achieve. May Allah make us from those subhanahu wa ta'ala. But, but, <laughs> that doesn't mean the elder people cannot gain knowledge. Some people will be like, ah, oh, if that's what you have to do. The opportunity is gone, I can't gain knowledge, and now I can't attain knowledge. La. The author said, It has occurred for a group of scholars that they sought knowledge after the age of 40. There's two Imams that he mentioned, or one Imam, Al-Qafal al-Shafi'i, the great Shafi'i scholar, Al-Qafal. He sought knowledge بعد al-Arba'in, after 40 years of age. Student of knowledge. Huh? So you can gain knowledge when you're older. But then of course it's what? It's harder. But it can still be attained. It can still be what? It can still be attained. Are you? ฮะเยอะอัลมาอกิดิซามินลุซูมิตะอันนีฟีตะลบิฮิวะตะรกิลอะจะลาฟะอินนะตะฮซีลัลอิลมิลายะคูนูจุมลัตันวาฮิด
When you want to gain knowledge, you have to have diligence. You have to be a very diligent individual and calm, and collective, and leave off hastiness. Some people they come to a halaqa for three days and they want to be a alim in three days. Microwave knowledge. You, you know microwave knowledge? You warm up something for one, one minute and 30 seconds and then it's cooked and it's lit. Take it out and eat it. So, that's what they want. They want it to be very fast. They want, to, want to gain it, they want to gain it quickly. Take it slowly. Allah said about the Quran, It's heavy. And it's heavy so it needs time. It needs you to think over it and ponder. Allah said, وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَوْ لَا نُزِّلَ هَذَا الْقُرْآنُ جُبْلَةً وَاعِدًا كَذَلِكَ لِنُثَبِّتَ بِهِ فُؤَادَكَ وَرَتَّلْنَاهُ تَرْتِيلًا The disbelievers, they were the ones who said, why doesn't the Qur'an come down jumlatan wahida? Why doesn't the Qur'an come one down? وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَوْ لَا نُزِّلَ هَذَا الْقُرْآنُ جُمْلَةً وَاحِدَ They wanted it all at once. Allah said, كَذَلِكَ لِنُثَبِّتَ بِهِ فُؤَادَكَ We send down the Qur'an gradually, لِنُثَبِّتَ بِهِ فُؤَادَكَ So it can be firm in your heart. So the tadarruj, the Qur'an coming down gradually, it makes it firm in the heart. Are you with me, brothers? Well, one of the things I benefit from my mashayikh is Just take one word and say it a thousand times. Brothers, are you with me? Just take it once, one word, and repeat it a thousand times. Just keep repeating it. Don't stop. And they also said Slow, but it's firm. It's slow, but it's firm. It will stick. It won't go nowhere. You'll gain it, brothers. Don't be hasty. Well, the poet he said, Seek knowledge and don't give up. The harm that can happen to the student is when he gives up. Do you not see the water? Do you not see the water dropping from somewhere, hitting the rock, and it keeps hitting the rock, and keeps hitting the rock. Over time, that water will affect the rock. True or false? Brothers, true or not? Repetition consistency the water doesn't stop the rock will get affected and the water is light are we all together brothers so what we say is take it slowly and gradually and take your time shu'bat ibn al-hajjaj abu bistam al-ataki the great tabi'i what did he say ikhtalaftu i went to my teacher ila amru al-dinari my teacher Five hundred times. وما سمعت منه. I only heard from him how much? A hundred hadiths. How many hadiths a day? Five hundred hadiths he took from him. I'm oh, sorry. Five hundred times he met him. He said I only took from him what? Only five hundred, but five hadiths a day. Every time he comes to me, he just gives him five hadiths. This is an Arab who knows the language, 
as the poet said لست بنحوي يلوك لسانه ولكني سليقي أقول فأعرب He's an Arab, he learns, he knows the language, he can understand it properly. He's an Imam, 500 times, and he only took 100 hadiths. Brothers, it's not the quantity, it's the quality. It's the quality. Why do we not look at the Sahabas? Ashabu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Kanu yata'allamuna ashra ayat, la yujawizuhunna. They will learn 10 ayat and they won't go over it. They repeat that. Abdullah ibn Umar. Spent 10 years, I think, huh? in Surah Al-Baqarah. So this is what it is. Carry on and be consistent. Imam Al-Nawawi, Abu Zakariya Al-Nawawi, he took the Kitab Al-Wasid by Habid Al-Ghazali. Kitab Al-Wasid is a kitab fi madhab al-shafi'i. It's taken from the Kitab Nihayatul Matlab fi dirayatul madhab by Abi Ma'ali Al-Jwayni. And Abi Ma'alim Jwaini took the Kitab Nihayat al-Matlab fi dirayat al-Madhab from the Mukhtasa al-Muzani and the Ummah of Al-Imam Shafi'i. Are we all together, brothers? Al-Wasit and Al-Basit. There is a silsila in the Shafi'i Madhab. And the Kitab al-Minhaj, the Madhab of Al-Imam Shafi'i is taken from the Muharrar by Abi Qasim al-Rafi'i. The point is, Nawawi, he read Kitab al-Wasit 600 marrah. How many, much, how many times, brothers? This is the book yesterday. Six, 600 times, brothers. One day somebody said to him, somebody said to Al-Imam Al-Nawawi that Abi Hamid said in his Kitab Al-Wasit. And then he said, no, he's saying this. Are they going to argue with me today on Al-Wasit? Are they going to argue with me on the Kitab Al-Wasit? And I read it 600 times. Look at the aspiration of these people. Ah. Some of us here haven't read the Quran even a hundred times in our life. The book of Allah. We haven't even read it that much. Yeah, brothers. These scholars were reading other books like that. Also, brothers, what we need to understand is don't be hasty in gaining knowledge. What it means is that take it gradually, slowly, bit by bit. Some people, what they do is they want to gain Islamic knowledge, so they start opening the big books when they haven't studied the small books. The poet, he said, I mean, the scholars, they say, Man usul, If you haven't studied the introduction and the, the small books, you're never going to learn the big books. You're not going to gain. And the poet, I mean, the, the, the scholars, they say, kibar, If you try opening these big books, your head's going to hurt you. You're not going to get nowhere. It's going to confuse you. You're going to give up on knowledge. You're going to say, this is not for me. And all of that. Start small. Now. Brothers, Brothers, 
قال يحيى بن قال يحيى ابن ابي كثير ايضا لا يستطاع لا يستطاع العلم براحه الجسم فبالصبر يخرج من معره الجهل قال الاصمعي من لم يحتمل ذل التعليم ساعه بقي في ذل في في ذل الجهل ابدا في ذل الجهل ابدا في ذل الجهل ابدا من لم يحتمل ذل التعليم ساعة بقي في ذل الجهل أبدا وبه تدرك لذة العلم فقال قال بعض السلف من لم يحتمل ألم, ألم التعليم لم يذق لذة العلم ولا بد دون الشهد من سم لسعة وكان يقال من لم يركب المصاعب لم ينل الرغائب وصبر العلم نوعان أحدهما صبر في تحمله واخذه فالحفظ يحتاج إلى صبر والفهم يحتاج إلى صبر وحضور, وحضور مجالس العلم يحتاج إلى صبر ورعاية حق الشيخ تحتاج إلى صبر والنوع الثاني صبر في أدائه وبثه وتبليغه إلى أهله فالجلوس للمتعلمين يحتاج إلى صبر وإفهامهم وإفهامهم يحتاج إلى صبر واحتمال زلاتهم يحتاج إلى صبر وفوق هذين النوعين من صبر العلم الصبر على الصبر فيها والثبات عليهما لكل إلى شأو العلا وثبات ولكن ولكن عزيز في الرجال ثبات ومن يلزم الصبر يظفر بالرشد بالرشد قال أبو يعلى الموصلي المحدث إني رأيت وفي الأيام تجربة للصبر عاقبة محمولة الأثر وقل من جد في أمر تطلبه واستصحب الصبر إلا فاز بالظفر The author رحمه الله here and now goes into الصبر في العلم تحملا وأداء to be patient in giving knowledge and taking knowledge when you're taking knowledge you need to be patient and you also need to be patient when you're giving knowledge those are the two times you need to be very patient. When you're seeking knowledge and you're traveling, you need to be patient. And you also need to be what? You also need to be what? Patient when you give knowledge. Al-Shaykh Al-Allama, Abdul Aziz ibn Abdullah ibn Baz, rahimahullahu ta'ala. Shaykh ibn Baz, rahimahullahu rahmatan wasi'a. A man came up to him and he said to the Shaykh, he was a da'i and he said to um, the man said to him, Ibn Baz, I've been given da'wah for so long and I'm tired. And he complained to the Shaykh and he told him the hardship he's enduring. So what happened was, Shaykh Ibn Baz was a blind man. But his heart was, it has eyes to see. Mind was alive. Rahimahullah. He took the man's palm. And what he did was, he said to him, Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu sbiru wa sabiru. وَرَابِطُوا وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ He said, those of you who believe, يَا يَلَّذِينَ أَمْنُوا صَبِرُوا صَابِرُوا وَرَابِطُوا وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ In order to get success, you need to come with these four. Nah, brothers. You can't just get success like that. And from the first is, يَا يَلَّذِينَ أَمْنُوا صَبِرُوا Be patient. You have to be patient. When harm touches, you have to be patient. Allah said in the Quran, وَاصْبِرْ نَفْسَكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاتِ وَالْعَشِيِّ يُرِيدُونَ وَجْهَا وَلَا تَعَدُ عَيْنَاكَ عَنْهُمْ تُرِيدُ زِينَةَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَلَا تُطِعْ مَنْ أَغْفَلْنَا قَلْبَهُ عَنْ بِكْرِنَا وَاتَّبَعَ هَوَاهُ وَكَانَ أَمْرُهُ فُرُطًا وَاصْبِرْ Be patient. 
يحيى ابن كثير هي سر واصبر نفسك مع الذين يدعون ربهم means هي مجالس الفقه be patient in the gatherings of fiqh don't get tired of seeking knowledge يحيى ابن أبي كثير هي سر لا ينال العلم براحة الجسم you won't gain knowledge with a relaxed body I'm gonna relax and have fun and gain knowledge they don't go together Muslim narrated it in his Sahih Mu'allaqan And what's fascinating is Muslim when he brought the statement of Ya'i ibn Abi Kathir La yunalu al-ilma Ama la yustata'u al-ilmu birahati al-jismi Ama al-jasadi Muslim brought it after he brought many chains In his Sahih And he was trying to allude to These narrations and these chains I had to struggle hard to bring it about You can't gain this because of easiness that was the sabab Imam Muslim brought in in, sahih in, in that context. Abu Abbas al-Qurtubi mentioned it in his kitab al-Mufim li ma'ashkala fi sahih muslim And Nawawi took that from him as well. Brothers, I'll tell you something. You are going to be patient regardless of whether you like it. You're either going to be patient in gaining knowledge or you're going to be patient in being ignorant. You choose which one you're going to be patient in. Do you want to be patient gaining knowledge and with it comes honor? Or are you going to be patient in being ignorant and being called an ignorant person? <laughs> so patience, regardless, is going to have to be there anyways. Uh, and that's why Al-Asma'i, Abdul Malik ibn Quraybin, he said, Man lam yahtamil abada. If you do not endure the humiliation of gaining knowledge, then you will be in the humiliation of ignorance for the rest of your life. May Allah make us from those who have knowledge and understand his religion. Naam. Al-Ma'qad al-Aashir mulazamatu adab al-ilm. Qala ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullahu fi kitabi madarij al-Salikin. Adab al-Mar'i unwanu sa'adati wa falahi wa qillatu adabihi unwanu shaqqawatihi wa bawarihi. Hamas tujriba khayru al-dunya wal-akhirati bimithli al-adabi wa las tujriba hirmanuhuma bimithli qillati al-adab. والمرء لا يسمو بغير الأدب وإن يكن ذا حسب ونسب وإنما يصلح وإنما يصلح للعلم من تأدب من تأدب بآدابه في نفسه ودرسه ومع شيخه وقرينه قال يوسف بن الحسين بالأدب تفتفهم العلم لأن المتأدب يرى أهلا للعلم فيبذل فيبذل له وقليل الأدب يعز العلم أن يضيع أن يضيع أن يضيع عنده سأل رجل البقاعي سأل سأل رجل البقاعي أن يقرأ عليه فأذن له البقاعي فجلس فجلس إلى 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 الرجل متربعا فامتنع البقاعي من إقرائه وقال له أنت أحوج إلى الأدب منك إلى العلم الذي جئت تطلبه ومن هنا كان السلف رحمه الله يهتمون بتعلم الأدب كما يهتمون بتعلم العلم قال ابن سيرين رحمه الله كانوا يتعلمون الهدي كما يتعلمون العلم بل إن طائفة منهم يقدمون تعلمه على تعلم العلم قال مالك بن أنس لفتى من قريش يا ابن أخي تعلم الأدب قبل أن تتعلم العلم وكانوا يظهرون حاجتهم يظهرون حاجتهم إليه قال مخلد بن الحسين لابن المبارك يوما نحن إلى كثير من الأدب أحوج منا إلى كثير من العلم 
وكانوا يوصون به ويرشدون إليه قال مالك كانت أمي تعممني وتقول لي اذهب إلى ربيعة تعني ابن عبد الرحمن فقيه أهل المدينة في زمنه فتعلم من أدبه قبل علمه وإنما وإنما حرم كثير من طلبة العصر العلم بتضييع الأدب فترى فترى أحدهم متكيا بحضرة شيخه بل يمد إليه رجليه ويرفع صوته عنده ولا يمتنع عن إجابة هاتفه الجوال أو غيره فأي أدب عند هؤلاء يلانون به العلم أشرف أشرف الليث بن سعد رحمه الله على أصحاب الحديث فرأى منهم شيئا كأنه كأنه كرهه فقال ما هذا أنتم إلى يسير من الأدب أحوج منكم إلى كثير من العلم فماذا يقول الليث لو رأى حال كثير من طلاب العلم في هذا العصر The author, rahimahullah, he goes in mulazima to adab al-ilm, coming with the manners and the etiquettes that is needed from knowledge. Here he goes into a very important topic, which is manners and akhlaq. And the author, rahimahullah, here, the author, hafizahullah ta'ala, he points out that manners precede knowledge, that you need knowledge and akhlaq before anything else. And he brings the statement of Ibn al-Qayyim where he said, Adabu al-mar'i wa falahi. Having good manners is a sign of a person's success and their prosperity. And having little manners is a sign of evilness and that you're destroyed. And he said there is no thing a person can gain the good of this dunya and the hereafter better than good manners. It's important. And there's nothing that can bring you harm greater than bad manners. We have to know that the importance of manners. And the first manners, your brothers, is having good manners with Allah Azawajal. Not to associate partners with him. Not to speak about his deen and his religion without no knowledge. If you don't know, say, I don't know. It's bad manners to speak about Allah and lie about him. Good manners. <clears throat> the concept of manners, brothers, has extremism as well. There's extreme in, man in manners. Some people, they take it to an extreme level. For example, some of them, they say, this is an extreme way of looking at manners. Man that's extreme. Whoever says to his teacher, how? Will never find success. In other words, what they want to, for you to be is, as the poet said, be like a dead body in front of the one who's washing him, just tosses you and he turns you the shaykh the way he wants. So you can never question your shaykh's evidences in what he says. Just say, إِذَا قَالَتْ حَدَامِي فَصَدِّقُوهَا فَإِنَّ الْقَوْلَ مَا قَالَتْ حَدَامِي And that's not manners. Are we all together, brothers? Evidence is needed from everybody. Whether he's a shaykh or not. And also from the extremism of some people's concept is, وَلَا تَعْتَرِضْ don't, if you see your shaykh do something haram and you see clear-cut haram from him, it is a filthy action in front of you. 
Don't oppose him. Don't go. Say to Sheikh, Haram, how do you do the Sheikh? Don't question him, just be quiet. Let him do what he wants. Because he's the teacher. And you know where they get that from? This all goes back to one shubha. The shubha is, وَفِي قِسَّةِ الْخَذِرِ الْكَرِيمِ كِفَايَةٌ لِقَتْلِ الْغُلَامِ وَالْكَرِيمُ يُدَافِعُ When Khadir and Musa were walking together, who was the teacher? Khadir was the teacher. And Musa was the student. And Musa saw Khadir do something. And he opposed him. He didn't understand that Khadir was doing something from where? Wahyu min Allah Azza wa Jalla. Are we all together? So they say you don't know when the teacher is doing what he's doing, why he's doing it. Don't question. Just let him do it. Lakin Shaykhul Islam ibn Taymiyyah cut that door. He said, the minute a person says Khadir is a prophet from Allah, the whole fitnaf and the whole shubha goes out of the window. Sah? And wahyu min Allah. He's got revelation that's back in him. And the evidence for that is, وَمَا فَعَلْتُ عَنْ أَمْرِي I didn't do this for myself. Amin and Allah told me. So your shaykh, does he have revelation coming down in him? لا. Then he can be questioned. They can be asked, what's your evidence? Sahih brothers. The whole science in ilmul hadith, where someone's knowledge is accepted or rejected, or he's criticized, all of that, what is it for? Then if the shaykh is not Christian, sah? And Imam Shafi'iyu responded back to Imam Malik. And the list goes on. But there's also another extreme, which is those who speak back to their shaykh with disrespect. And the shaykh is going to bring a lot of that, inshaAllah ta'ala. Having good manners. Islam, brothers, it goes against extreme exaggeration and extreme negligence. The best of affairs is what? It's in the middle. Don't go extreme in both ways. Don't go extreme in both ways. Naam. فمن لم فمن لم يصن العلم لم يصنه العلم كما قال الشافعي ومن ومن أخل بالمروءة بالوقوع بالوقوع فيما يشين فقد استخف بالعلم فلم يعظمه ووقع في البطالة في البطالة فتفضي به فتفضي به الحال إلى زوال اسم العلم عنه قال وهب بن منبه رحمه الله لا يكون البطال من الحكماء لا يدرك العلم بطال ولا كسل ولا كسل ولا ولا ملول ولا ملول ولا من يألف البشر وجماع وجماع المروءه كما قال ابن تيميه الجد في المحرر الجد في المحرر وتبعه حفيده في بعض فتاويه استعمال ما يجمله ويزينه وتجنب ما يدنسه ويشينه قيل لأبي محمد بن سفيان بن عيينة قد استنبطت من القرآن كل شيء فأين المروءة فيه فقال في قوله تعالى خذ العفو وأمر بالعرف وأعرض عن الجاهلين ففيه المروءة وحسن الأدب, وحسن وحسن الأدب ومكارم الأخلاق ومكارم الأخلاق ومن ألزم أدب النفس للطالب تحليه بالمروءة ما يحمل عليها وتنكبه خوارمها التي تخل بها كحلق تخل بها كحلق تخل بها كحلق لحيته 
فقد عده في في خوارم المروءه ابن حجر الهيثمي من الشافعيه وابن وابن عابدين من الحنفيه او كثره الالتفات في الطريق وعده من خوارمها ابن شهاب الزهري وابراهيم النخعي من النخعي من المتقدمين أو مد الرجلين في مجمع الناس من غير حاجة ولا ضرورة داعية وعده من الخوارم جماعة منهم أبو بكر الطرطوشي من المالكية وأبو محمد بن قدامة وأبو الوفاء وأبو الوفاء بن عقيل من الحنابلة أو صحبة الأراذل والفساق والمجان والبطالين وعده من خوارب المروءة جماعة منهم أبو الحامد الغزالي وأبو بكر بن طيب من الشافعية والقاضي عياض اليحصبي من المالكية أو أو مصارعة الأحداث والصغار وعده من الخوارم ابن ابن الهمام وابن نجيم من الحنفية ومن أخل بمرؤتي وهو ينتسب إلى العلم فقد افتضح عند الخاص والعام ولم ينل ينل من شرف العلم إلا الحطام The author رحمه الله he mentions stay away from the things that contained knowledge when you gain knowledge, there are things that can taint it. It can harm your knowledge. And he mentions the things that contain knowledge, and the scholars mentioned it is shaving your beard. It goes against Khawarim al Murua. وَلِذَلِكَ بِإِجْمَاعِ أَئِمَّةِ الْمَذَاهِبِ الْأَرْبَعَةِ الإمام أبي حنيفة والإمام مالك والشافعي وأحمد بن حنبل all of them unanimously agree that halqul lihya is haram there's a consensus there's no difference of opinion uh, they may have differed on the levels and the amount and how much can you cut or not like in the concept of shaving we all together um, and the author rahimahullah mentioned some things that go against khawarimul muru'a by the way khawarimul muru'a changes from time to time Okay, it's from those things which we say, And the evidence for that is, When Sufyan ibn Uyayna was asked, Muru'ah is taken from that ayah. But what does Muru'ah mean? Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned it's two things. Write this down. Muru'ah. In English, it's morality. Like, what does it specifically mean? It means It is to beautify and adorn yourself with particular acts. It's It is to beautify yourself with particular things. And the second one is And it's also to stay away from the things that can taint it and harm it. Now this changes from time to time in context from context صحيح. and by the way the, the muru'a doesn't have to necessarily be haram it may not be haram okay صح? it doesn't have to be haram like for example if I came today to this class and I was wearing a vest is that haram? huh? If I came out today with a vest, a vest, and I said, Inna alhamdulillah, would that be bad? You won't say, it's not haram. And then my aura is covered. But you say, what's this? What happened to the sheikh? And what happened to the teacher? Has he lost it? Khawarimul muru'ah. What is it? 
Khawarimul Muru'ah. That's what it is. So Khawarimul Muru'ah, ya ikhwa, changes from time to time. And the Shaykh mentioned some of the things that the scholars have mentioned it to be from the Khawarimul Muru'ah. From them is Kathratul Iltifati fi tariq When you're walking on the road, if you keep looking around, some people they look around all the time. All day. There are some people when they come to go to people's houses, they know everything about the house. Like, well, you bought this. Wow, where did you get this from? What about this one? What about this? Khawarimul Muru'ah. Stay away from it. Ibn Shihab al-Zuri, Ibrahim al-Nakha'i and others, they said this is Khawarim al-Mura'ah. From the things that are Khawarim al-Mura'ah, Halq al-Lihya. Ibn Hajar al-Haytami min al-Shafi'iyyati wa Ibn Abidina min al-Hanafiyyah. From the things which are Khawarim al-Mura'ah is suhbatul aradhil wal-fusaqi wal-mujjani wal-battalin. Being friends with bad people. Okay? You're a student of knowledge and all you do is relax with the bad people. Evil people, you sit with them and kach and you laugh with them. It's Khawarim al-Mura'ah. And other things like that. Al-Maqid al-Thani Ashar, Intiqab al-Suhbati al-Salihati lah, Fal-Insanu Madaniyun bil-Tab'i wa-Tikhadu al-Zameel, Daruratu al-Lazimatun fi nufus al-Khalqi, Fayahtaju talib al-Ilmi, Ila mu'asharati ghayrihi min al-Tullab, Lituinahu hadhi al-Mu'asharatu ala tahsil al-Ilmi wal-Ijtihadi bi talabih, والزمالة في العلم إذا سلمت من الغواء من الغوائل النافعة في في الوصول إلى المقصود ولا يحسن بقاصد العلا إلا انتقاب صحبة صالحة تعينه فإن الخليل في خليله أثرا فإن فإن للخليل في خليله أثرا قال أبو داود والتلميذي والسياق لأبي داود حدثنا ابن بشار حدثنا أبو عامر وأبو داود قال حدثنا زهير بن محمد قال حدثني موسى بن وردان عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال الرجل على دين خليله فلينظر أحدكم من يخالل ويقول الراغب الأصفاني ليس إعداء الجليس لجليسه بمقاله وفعاله فقط بل النظر إليه لا تصحب الكسلان في حالاته كم صالح كم صالح بفساد آخر يفسد آخر يفسد عدوى البليد إلى الجليد سريعة كالجمر يوضع في الرماد فيخمد والجليد هو الجاد الحازم وإنما يختار للصحبة من يعاشر للفضيلة لا للمنفعة ولا للذة فإن ناقد المعاشرة يبرم على هذا المطالب الثلاثة الفضيلة والمنفعة واللذة كما ذكره شيخ شيوخ لا محمد الخضر بن حسين في رسائل الإصلاح فانتقب صديق الفضيلة زميلا فإنك تعرف به قال ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه اعتبر الرجل بمن يصاحب فإنما يصاحب الرجل من هو مثله وأنشد أبو الفتح البستي لنفسه إذا ما اصطنعت أمرا فليكن شريف 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 النجار زكي الحسب فنذل الرجال فنذل الرجال كنذل النبات فلا للثمار ولا للحطب ويقول ابن مانع رحمه الله في ارشاد الطلاب وهو يوصي طالب العلم ويحذر كل الحذر من مخالطه السفهاء واهل المجنون والوقاحه وسيء السمعه والاغبياء والبلداء فان 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 مخالطتهم سبب الحرمان وشقاوه الانسان كأن هذا عين قول أبي قول أبي قول قول سفيان بن عيينة إن إن 
إني لأحرم جلساء الحديث الغريب لموضع رجل واحد ثقيل فقد يحرم المتعلم العلم لأجل صاحبه فاحذر هذا الصنف وإن تزيا بزي العلم فإنه يفسدك من حيث لا تحس The author رحمه الله he talks about انتخاب الصحبة الصالحة choosing righteous friends Oh people you have to know the friends the friends the friends write this down the friends are three types the friends in this world are three types the first one is صاحب فضيلة أما صحبة الفضيلة صحبة الفضيلة is صحبة الفضيلة is a person you, ba- you gain beneficial knowledge from and righteous actions you gain beneficial knowledge from them and righteous actions stick with that person Beneficial knowledge and righteous action. The second one is suhbatul manfa'ati. In English, we call them associates. Suhbatul manfa'ati means associates. People you work with and you benefit from them. Worldly affairs, you buy yourself from them. Benefit, manfa'a. Suhbatul manfa'a. Friends of benefit. You benefit from one another. Worldly affairs. The third one is suhbatul ladha. You don't benefit anything from them, but you like to sit with them and converse with them, and you know you you have that chat with them, whether it be about politics, whether it be about issues. Is that person you enjoy time with? You waste time with that person. The last two are of not much benefit. The first one is the most virtuous one. The second one, بِقَدْرِ الْحَاجَةِ Stick with how much you need the benefit from that person. And that's it. Don't go over that. You want to benefit something from someone? Worldly affairs? Stick with them on that. And لكن صحبة الفضيلة You would benefit a lot from them. You learn knowledge from them. You learn righteous action from them. Brothers, choose your friend wisely. The poet, he said, لَا تَسْأَلْ عَنْهُ وَاسْأَلْ عَنْ قَرِينِ فَإِنَّ الْقَرِينِ بِالْمُقَارَنِ يَخْتَلِهِ don't ask about him, ask about his friend. For verily the friend follows his friend. Subhanallah, it's amazing. In the UK, when they want to hire someone and they want to give them a job, human resource department, when they interview you, they take your name. They even take down your Facebook, your social media, your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, they take it. And you know what they look at? They look at your friends. Hey, wallah. They look at your friends and based on your friends they give you the job and or they don't. Facebook, they'll go on your Facebook and they will look at your likes. They will look at the people you're following. They are judging you based on your friends and not who you are. The reason is because a pigeon flies with a pigeon. An eagle flies with an eagle. A falcon flies with a falcon. Have you ever seen a pigeon flying with a falcon? A man once saw that. He saw a pigeon flying with a falcon. And he was shocked. He said, what happened here? And he saw that both of them had one eye. One eye, one eye, both of them. Something brought them together. Are you with me, brothers? You are with the people that you're with because there's something pushing you towards them. Are you there, brothers? Uh, you, 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 it's not random. 
It's not random that you're around these people. Brothers, by the way, no one can ever tell you not to have friends. It goes against Tabi'atul Bashar. We are Madaniyun bi Tabi'i. And Allah says, وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ شُعُوبًا وَقَبَائِلًا لِتَعَارَفُوا Some of them from Mufassirin, what did they say? لِتَعَارَفُوا أي لِتَصَحَبُوا We are different tribes and nations, so we know and we, we exist and we, huh? we live with one another. Sah? لِتَعَارَفُوا So it goes against our nature. Uh, brothers. But, no one's stopping you from having friends. But choose your friends wisely. Don't spend your time with people of no value for you. And that won't give you. Remember, you are the religion of your friend. The person is on the religion of his what? Look at who you take as a friend. Naam. المعقد الثالث عشر بذل الجهد في تعفض العلم والمذاكرة به والسؤال عنه إذ تلقيه عن الشيوخ لا ينفع بلا حفظ له ومذاكرة به وسؤال عنه فهؤلاء تحق فهؤلاء تحقق في قلب تحقق في قلب طالب العلم تعظيمه بكمال الالتفات إليه والانشغال به فالحفظ خلوة بالنفس والمذاكرة جلوس إلى القرين والسؤال إقبال على عالم على العالم فبالحافظ يقرر العلم في القلب وينبغي أن يكون جل همه جل همة الطالب مصروفا إلى الحفظ والإعادة كما يقوله ابن الجوزي رحمه الله في صيد خاطره ولم يزل العلماء ولم يزل العلماء الأعلام يحضون على الحفظ ويأمرون به قال عبيد الله عبيد الله بن الحسن وجدت أحضر العلم منفعة ما وعيته بقلبي ولقته بلساني وسبعت شيخنا ابن عثيمين رحمه الله يقول حفظنا قليلا وقرأنا كثيرا فانتفعنا بما حفظنا أكثر من, من انتفاعنا بما قرأنا ليس بعلم ما حوى القمطر ما العلم إلا ما حواه الصدر والمتلمس للعلم لا يستغني عن الحفظ ولا يجمل به أن يخلي به أن يخلي نفسه منه وإذا قدر على على ما كان يصنع ابن الفرات ابن الفرات رحمه الله فليأخذ به فقد كان لا يترك كل يوم إذا أصبح أن يحفظ شيئا وإن قل ومن أقل هذا المعنى لم يزل من الحفاظ في ازدياد فلا ينقطع عنه حتى الموت كما اتفق ذلك لابن مالك رحمه الله صاحب الألفية النحوية فإنه حفظ في يوم موتي خمسة, شوا خمسة شواهد وبالمذاكرة تدوم حياة العلم في النفس ويقوى تعلقه بها والمراد بالمذاكرة مدارسة الأقران وقد أمرنا بتعاهد القرآن الذي هو أيسر العلوم قال البخاري رحمه الله حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف قال أخبرنا مالك عن نافع عن ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إنما مثل صاحب القرآن كمثل صاحب الإبل المعقلة إذا إن عاهد عليها أمسكا وإن أطلقها ذهبت ورواه مسلم من حديث مالك به نحوه قال ابن عبد البر رحمه الله في كتاب التمهيد عنه هذا الحديث وإذا كان القرآن الميسر الميسر للذكر للذكر كالإبل المعقلة من من تعاهدها أمسكا فكيف بسائل العلوم كان الزوري رحمه الله يقول إنما يذهب العلم النسيان وترك المذاكرة وبالسؤال عن العلم تفتتح خزائنه قال الزوري رحمه الله 
إنما هذا العلم خزائن وتفتتحها المسألة وحسن المسألة نصف العلم والسؤالات المصنفة كمسائل أحمد المروي عنه برهان جلي على عظيم منفعة السؤال وقلة الإقبال على العالم بالسؤال إذا ورد على بلد تكشف مبلغ العلم فيه فهذا سفيان الثوري رحمه الله يقدم عسقلان فيمكث ثلاثا لا يسأله إنسان عن شيء فيقول لرواد بن لرواد بن الجراح أحد أصحابه اكتر لي أخرج من هذا البلد هذا بلد يموت فيه العلم فمن لقي شيخا فليغتنم لقاء لقاءه بالسؤال عما يشكل عليه ويحتاج إليه لا سؤال لا سؤال متع متعنت ممتحن وهذه المعاني الثلاثة للعلم بمنزلة الغرس للشجر وسقي وسقيه وتنمية وتنميته بما يحفظ قوته ويدفع آفته فالحفظ غرس العلم والمذاكرة سقيه والسؤال عن تنميته. The author رحمه الله talks about three things here inshallah ta'ala. You want to gain knowledge? Three things. Number one, memorization. You memorize. Al-hifdh al-hifdh. Memorize brothers and know the importance of memorization. Especially those who study in western countries. Yeah, in the UK, countries like that, you don't memorize. We don't, we never, we're not told to memorize. We're just told to understand. Just understand. I remember in university, my linguistic teacher, linguist, professor in English language, would sometimes look at us as students in the classroom and ask us, how do you spell that word? An English word. Wallah, wallah. How do you spell that word? And I one day just asked after the classes to teach, is it really important to memorize the spelling of words? He said, no, it's not really important, no. So we in Islam give importance to him, and we also give importance to understanding. And we all together, brothers, balancing between the two. So the Shaykh, rahimahullah, he talks about the importance of memorization. And we mentioned that as well, the statement of Khalid ibn Ahmad al-Farahidi, Shaykh Usibawayim. Which where he said, Knowledge is not what's in the uh, books. But knowledge is what's in the? It's in the chest and it's, it's in the hearts. Okay, that's important. Ubaid ibn al-Husayn, he said, I found the most beneficial knowledge is, مَا وَعَيْتُهُ بِقَلْبِي وَلُقْتُهُ بِلِسَانِي then the most beneficial knowledge that I found was that which I memorized. And he told us that knowledge can be memorized in two ways, brothers. Do you want to memorize? Do, do, do two things. And I personally would add a third thing to it if you want to memorize. And the technique to memorize. Number one, look at what you're memorizing. And that's why he said, مَا وَعَيْتُهُ بِقَلْبِي Wa'i means looking at something, taking it in. If you want to memorize, look at what you're memorizing. Ah, some people just want to memorize without looking at the Mus'haf. They want to memorize it from hearing it from a Shaykh. No, brother, learn how to read from the Mus'haf and look at it. It's important. Second is, bilisanihi, Repeating on your tongue loud that you can hear it. Are we all together, brothers? 
Three parts of your body have to all work together if you want to memorize. What are they, brothers? Your eyes, your ears, and your mouth. The eyes are looking. The mouth is pronouncing it and repeating it. And then what? The ears, the ears are hearing it. Are we all together, brothers? That's when it will go deep into your heart. That's the first point. The second point that the author mentioned is al-mudakara, revision. If you've memorized something once, it requires revision. The shanaqita, who gives so much importance to memorization. I asked one of them, if I want to memorize a hadith, like innam al-amalu bin-niyad, how many times should I read it? He said, 500 times. So do you want to memorize it? 500 times. I said, all at once. He said, no. You break it into three sits. You do 200 here, and then 200 there, and then 100 there. So it goes into your long-term memory. Revision, brothers. Revision. Ah. You want to read it 10 times and say, ah, I'm not, Allah, it's so hard on me. Ah. Or 20 times you read it. 500 times. Some of them read it 5,000 times. Oh Allah. Shaykh Abdul Aziz Sadhan is a kitab called Shaykh Abdul Salam Al-Burjis has a kitab called Mu'awakat Fi Talib Al-Ilm. He mentions it there. Some of them read a thousand times, five thousand times. They sit down and they keep repeating it. They do. You learn it. Okay. The third point that the Shaykh Rahimullah mentioned, Hafizullah mentions is Husnul Su'al. I'm a Husnul Mas'ala. Asking good questions. Brothers, asking good questions is the way to learn. Think. When the Shaykh says something, come with a good question. You know the Sahabas, Sahabu Rasulullah, they were stopped from asking questions at a period of time because of the ayah, they were asking too many questions. They were. When the Prophet said, Inna Allaha amarakum. Allah has commanded you hajj fahujju. So do hajj. The Prophet said that. And a companion stood up. He said, Ya Rasulullah, every year, the Prophet ignored him. And then he said, every year, Ya Rasulullah, the Prophet ignored him. And he said, every year, Ya Rasulullah, the Prophet ignored him. And the third time, the Prophet said, If I was to say yes, it would have been obligatory. Anyways, Anas ibn Malik, he said, Kana yu'jibuna. He used to amaze us. That a smart Bedouin comes because the Bedouin he doesn't know that there's a prohibition of asking questions and they just come and they stand over there and they say Ya Muhammad they shout Bedouins and they ask a question Ashabu Rasulillah the close ones are prevented from asking so they wish he asks a good question and if this Bedouin asks a good question it benefits them all are we all together brothers? Asking good question is nisful ilm. What is it, brothers? Nisful ilm. Lakin, brothers, when you ask a sheikh a question, ask him to know. Ask him because you want to understand. Sheikh Al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, Anyone who asks me out of stubbornness and he wants to grab me on a mistake or he wants to see my flaws, I reject him and I nullify him. I ignore him. I say, I'm not going to answer any of your questions. And I abandon him and his existence. And anyone who asks me because he really wants to know that I benefit him. 
Availed together. Al Imam Shafi'i, Yunus ibn Abdul A'la, and a group of them came to Al Imam Shafi'i when he was in Egypt. Shafi'i was in Egypt. Shafi'i just came back as being the student of Al Imam Malik, but there was news going around that Al Imam Shafi'i, rahimahullah, refuted Malik. And some of the students or the people who loved Al Imam Malik took this very serious and they wanted to get Al Imam Shafi'i and to show him harshness. So Yunus ibn Abdul A'la came to Al Imam Shafi'i and he asked him questions. But he wasn't doing it to know. He was doing it to test Imam Shafi'i's knowledge. He ignored him. Years went by, Shafi'i had halaqa in Egypt. Rabi' ibn Sulaiman al-Muradi and uh, Ismail ibn Yahya al-Muzani. These great imams came and they sat under Imam Shafi'i. Abu Ya'qub al-Buwaiti and um, Musa ibn Jarud and all of these, these are students of Shafi'i in Medin. In, in, uh, in Egypt. And the students of Imam Shafi'i in Iraq is Ahmed ibn Hanbal, Hassan ibn Muhammad al-Za'farani, Abu Thawr. These were the students of Imam Shafi'i in Iraq. Like in Egypt, when he came, Shafi'i, Yunus ibn Abdul A'la was testing Shafi'i. He wanted to poke him with questions. Shafi'i ignored him. Shafi'i started his halaqah, he taught. One day he told him, hey, Yunus, come here. Years went by. He said, come here, Yunus. Where's the, people, the groups of students who were with you? He said, bring them. He said, what was your question that you asked me a couple of years back? He told him. Shafi'i went in, explained it to him, broke it down for him, gave him extra answers, went in, tafsil, mufassal. Yunus bin Abdullah said, why did you not answer it then? He said, you were asking me because you were stubborn and hard-headed. And I rejected you. I don't want to give you an answer. Now you asked me, because now you ask me because you want to know. Now you look serious and sincere. So I'm going to answer your questions. So when you ask the Shaykh, brothers, don't ask him because, because you want to show inconsistency in him. Now. الماقد الرابع عشر إكرام أهل العلم وتوقيرهم إن فضل العلماء عظيم ومنصبهم منصب جليل لأنهم آباء الروح فالشيخ أب للروح كما أن الوالد أب للجسد وفي قراءة أبي بن كعب رضي الله عنه النبي أولى بالمؤمنين من أنفسهم وهو أب لهم والأبوة والأبوة المذكورة في هذا القراءة ليست أبوة النسب إجماعا وإنما هي الأبوة الدينية الروحية فالاعتراف بفضل المعلمين حق واجب قال شعبة بن حجاج كل من سمعت, سمعت, سمعت منه حديثا فأنا له عبد واستنبط هذا, المعنى واستنبط هذا المعنى من القرآن محمد بن علي الأدفوي فقال رحمه الله إذا تعلم الإنسان من العالم واستفاد منه الفوائد فهو له عبد قال الله تعالى وإذ قال موسى لفتاه وهو يوشع به نون وبه نون ولم يكن مملوكا له وإنما كان متلمذا له متبعا له فجعله الله فتاه لذلك وقد أمر الشرع برعاية حق العلماء إكراما لهم وتوقيرا وإعراجا وإعزازا قال أحمد في المسند حدثنا هارون قال حدثنا ابن وهب قال حدثني مالك بن الخير الزيادي عن أبي قبيل المعافري عن عبادة بن صامت رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ليس من أمتي من لم يجل كبيرنا ويرحم صغيرنا ويعرف لعالمنا حقه أمسك ابن عباس رضي الله عنه يوما بركاب زيد بن ثابت فقال زيد 
فقال زيد أتمسك لي وأنت ابن عم رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال ابن عباس إنها كذا نصنع بالعلماء ونقل ابن حزم الإجماع على توقير العلماء وإكرامهم والبصير بالأحوال السلفية يقف على حميد أحوالهم في توقير علمائهم فقد كان أصحاب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا جلسوا إليه فكأنما على رؤوس مطير لا يتحركون وقال محمد بن سيرين رأيت عبد الرحمن بن أبي يعلى وأصحابه يعظمونه ويسودونه ويشرفونه مثل الأمير وقال يحيى الموصلي رأيت مالك بن أنس غير مرة كان بأصحابه من الإعظام له والتوقير والتوقير له وإذا رفع أحد صوته صاحوا به فمن الأدب اللازم للشيخ على المتعلم مما يدخل تحت هذا الأصل التواضع له والإقبال عليه وعدم الالتفات عنه ومراعاة أدب الحديث معه وإذا حدث عنه عظبه من غير غلو بل بل ينزل بل بل ينزله منزلته لئلا يشينه من حيث من حيث أراد أن يمدحه وليشكر تعليمه ويدعو له ولا يظهر الاستغناء عنه ولا يؤذه بقول او فعل وليتلطف في تنبيه وليتلطف في تنبيهه على خطئه اذا وقعت منه زله ومما تناسب الاشاره اليه هنا باختصار باختصار وجيز معرفه الواجب ازاء زله العالم وهي ستة أمور الأول التثبت في صدور الزلة من الثاني التثبت في كونها خطأ وهذا وظيفة العلماء الراسخين فيسألون عنها والثالث ترك اتباعه فيها الرابع التماس العذر له بتأويل سائغ والخامس بذر النصح له بلطف وسر لا عنف وتشير السادس حفظ حفظ جنابه فلا فلا تهدر كرامته في قلوب المسلمين ومما يحذر منه مما يتصل بتوقير العلماء ما ما صورته التوقير ومآله الإهانة والتحقير كالإزدحام على العالم والتضييق عليه وإلجائه إلى أعسر السبل فما ماته هشيم بن بشير الواسطي المحدث الثقة رحمه الله إلا بهذا فقد فقد ازدحم أصحاب الحديث عليه فطرحوه عن حماره فكان سبب موته رحمه الله. The author رحمه الله here he speaks about إكرام أهل العلم وتوقيرهم honoring the people of knowledge and venerating them. This is very important because these people are carrying the inheritance of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. They deserve respect and honor. The Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ الْعُلَمَاءُ وَرَثَةُ الْأَنْبِيَاءُ وَإِنَّ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ لَمْ يُوَرِّثُوا دِرْهَمًا وَلَا دِينَارًا وَإِنَّمَا وَرَّثُوا الْعِلْمُ فَمَنْ أَخَذَهُ أَخَذَهُ بِحَذٍ وَافِرٍ The people of knowledge are carrying the inheritance of the Prophet ﷺ. And they deserve the respect of the, what they're carrying and what they have. The scholar might fall into a mistake and he might do an error which is inevitable he's a human being huh? all of the children of Adam are those who fall into mistakes and errors so the sheikh will fall into an error and a mistake generally this is when the people lose manners towards the sheikh how do you deal with a zallatul alim the mistake of a scholar whose aqidah is sound 
but he's done a mistake. How do you, how do you deal with it? Six points the Sheikh mentions. Six things that you have to do. Number one, verify and make sure that this mistake actually did come from him. It could be an allegation. It could be made. It could be a forged accusation. Don't just take everything you see online. Verify. And another qira'ah is what? فَتَثَبَّتُوا Another qira'ah is يَا الَّذِينَ أَمَنُوا إِنْ جَاءَكُمْ يَا الَّذِينَ أَمَنُوا إِنْ جَاءَكُمْ فَاسِقٌ بِنَبَئٍ فَتَثَبَّتُوا The fasiq is the one you know his fisq or the one who is matulul hal. You don't know him. If you don't know someone and he's not adil, he's not just to you, he is فِي حَيَّزَّةِ الْجَهَالَةِ I don't know anything about you. I can't take what you say unless I'm sure that what you're saying, who you are. Are we all together, brothers? We're going to take this in Nukhbatul Fikr, inshaAllah ta'ala. The Riwayatul Mubham. The Riwayat of the one who's unknown. Do you take it? We'll speak about that. The point is, brothers, first of all, verify that this news is accurate, that the Shaykh did say this, number one. Number two is that You have to know that this is a mistake. Is this even a mistake? Because the poet said, how many people they criticize a person but really the problem isn't with the person you're criticizing he's actually right you have a problem in your understanding all the problem is with you not with the sheikh sheikh is right he brought istimbat ajib are we all together and brothers knowing whether this is right or wrong this is not wadifatu. It's not the job of a student of knowledge. This is the wadifa of the ulama al-rasikhid, the grounded scholars. They are the ones who find out whether this is a mistake or not. They are the ones who speak about it. They're the ones who bring it forward. It's not everybody. The third one is fiha. One of the ways to honor the shaykh is not to follow him in the mistake. I don't follow him in the mistake. You don't say, this is my teacher, I love him, he did a mistake, so we all have to do it. No. We don't. We don't follow the Shaykh in the mistake. We don't follow Imam Shafi'i in his mistake. We don't follow Imam Malik in his mistake. And Imam Abu Hanif in his mistake. And Imam Ahmed in his mistake. These are great Imams. Their understanding is great to us. We love it. But Allah wa Ta'ala, He says, Follow that which has come to your Lord and don't follow anyone besides Allah. Number four, try to find excuses for him because he's a man of great sound aqidah. It's not a fundamental issue. That's, the mistake is not fundamental. Find excuses for him. Maybe he didn't come across the hadith. Maybe if he saw this. But then look what the Shaykh said. Ajib Allah, he said. But don't look for a far fetched excuse. So have to be reasonable. How much to be a reasonable? And there's a book written on this, by the way. It's called Raful Malam and Aimatil Alam. Ibn Taymiyyah sat down and he mentioned 10 excuses for why scholars will go against an evidence. Why it would occur from them. Ibn Taymiyyah wrote a kitab called Raful Malam and Aimatil Alam. Why, why do you see Abu Hanifa do a mistake, or Shafi'i mistake, or Imam Malik a mistake, or Ibn 
Ibn Hanbal doing a mistake. Number six is Hifdu Janabi Falatu Darkaramatu fi Qurubin Muslimin. Don't belittle the, the Sheikh in front of the people. Don't put him down. He's been giving da'wah for the last 30, 40 years. He did a mistake here. Look at the ocean of good that he's done. Are we all together? Look at the ocean of good that he did. And some scholars they say, If the water reaches qullatain, his knowledge has reached and his works has reached qullatain. If water reaches qullatain, if you urinate in it, is it gonna is it gonna harm it? Huh? If he's reached qullatain, lam yahmil al khabath. This mistake is insignificant. The poet he said, he said. ومن ذا الذي ترضى سجاياه كلها كفى المرء نبلا ان تعد معايبه You seen a person who's given da'wah for the 20 last 30 40 50 years hard work calling to the sunnah calling the people away from innovation calling them to what is correct did a mistake huh? who on this earth are you going to find with no mistakes Praiseworthy for this person is that his mistakes, you can count them. 50 years he's been given da'wah, he's got five mistakes. In comparison to his many years. Again, brothers, not every mistake. It can be one in 50 and it can be very detrimental. That's also important. It can be one mistake for 50 years. It can be detrimental. It can take away that 50 years. Okay? And it can be five and not harm. So we look at nu'iyatu al-khata. We look at the type of mistake. But again, it's not our job. It's the job of a, a scholar. The Sheikh mentioned something very powerful, which is one of the ways to respect the Sheikh is don't get in his way when he's walking. The Sheikh is walking, you do, you barge him and you get in his way and you block his vision. Hushayn ibn Bashir al-Wasiti, he died because that's what his, the students did to him. So he fell from his donkey and he died. Hushayn ibn Bashir al-Wasiti, the great imam, the students, they got in his way and they pushed him around and he was on his riding beast and he fell off it and he died. Are we all together, brothers? I remember Sheikh Salah, Salah ibn Abdullah ibn Hamdul Usaymi when he said this in the sharah of the kitab, this kitab in the Haram al-Madini when he was explaining it for us. After the death, everyone stood up and they all went to get around him and they blocked him from his vision. And they wouldn't let him go. No. We'll stop there, inshallah. Ta'ala. We carry on this tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we're going to start six o'clock sharp. Um, brothers, there's a registration because after you finish this, you're going to get a certificate. You're going to get a certificate. So there's registration, inshallah. Uh, so make sure that you come to every classes. I think there's a barcode, huh? That's going to be scanned. And that scanning, the barcode that's going to be scanned is to show that you've come to every class. Are we, are we together? And then you're going to get the certificate based on that. I don't know if it's only attendance or punctuality as well. Or is it just attendance? Allah alam. The point is, be, the point is you have to be here every single class in order to get what? In order to get the, uh, the certificate. There's 10 books that we're going to do and inshallah we're going to finish each and every one of them Anything I said that was wrong or incorrect is from me as shaytan and Allah and his messenger are free from it Subhanakallahumma bihamdik ashadu la ilaha illallah astaghfiruka wa atubu